Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily with Andrew Hustler-Patterson and Michael Remus. Well, happy Friday, everyone. Welcome to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Huss and Ream with you, getting you ready for a big weekend. Uh, Jets back in action tomorrow. Looking to turn the page after an absolute stinker last night on home ice and their loss to the Buffalo Sabres. And the NFL Conference Championship games are going on Sunday. We're all over it today. Really looking forward to welcoming in Jamie Noodles McLennan from TSN's hockey uh, team, as well as Overdrive. We'll talk to him about what he saw last night from the Winnipeg Jets and their season so far. A little look ahead to the trade deadline as well. And then Ken Weeb's going to jump on with us. Ken was at practice today. We'll discuss last night everything that happened today with the club and look ahead to Philadelphia's visit on a Saturday night. And of course, it's Friday, NFL Championship weekend. You know, we have to have a little visit with Lee Hacksaw Hamilton and get his thoughts on both the NFC and AFC games as well as some of the other news in and around the league. And yes, it's Friday. We finish it off as we always do with the marble race at the end of the day. So make sure to stick around and join us. We'll open up registration around 2.45 in the YouTube chat. And just before I bring in Michael Remus, welcome to everyone listening on the podcast. If you haven't checked out the YouTube channel, when you get an opportunity to do that, search Winnipeg Sports Talk, give us a sub and enjoy all the video content. And great to see everyone with us live on YouTube today. Don't forget Winnipeg Sports Talk, also available in an audio podcast. Search Winnipeg Sports Talk wherever you get your favorite pods and subscribe subscribe there as well. Huge thanks to the sponsors that make this program happen every day starting with our great friends at Princess Auto, Cool Bet Canada, new edition of the Lock Shop up, by the way. Dustin Nielsen and I just finished it up. Check it out, Lock Shop Bets on YouTube, and subscribe over there as well. Of course, our friends at Little Brown Jug, Canadian Club, Culligan Water, Vita Health Fresh Market, Wallace & Wallace, Consolidated Supply, F Apparel, Manitoba Battery, the Nick & Nicky DQ Group, Boston Pizza, Royal Sports, We'll get to a why not question of the day for the gang over at Not Auto Corp at Waverly and McGillivray. Michael Remus, what is going on? Ooh, I don't know. I'm like, got a shower to wash the stink off of uh, last night's game. I wasn't even playing in it. Uh, so that was uh, about as ugly as it gets for the season. Maybe the worst that we've seen. You know, we talk so much about uh, first game after a long road trip. I don't know. Maybe they heard us and. What do you call it? Self-fulfilling prophecy has. We just talked about it so much. It happened. Bones tried to get them ready by coming in early. Um, actually, thought they had a decent start. It was close for maybe uh, 10 minutes and you know had a couple power plays. But, I mean, overall, that, that second period, another poor second, uh, really sunk them. And Buffalo, man, they're, they're good. They got some big, fast dudes who can skate, who can shoot. Uh, they're a pretty good hockey team. So, uh, nice game. For them last night, not as much yeah. for the home team. Yeah, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up. I mean, before we dwell on everything that uh, happened and didn't happen with the Jets last night, first off, let's give some credit to one of the most fun, exciting young teams in the National Hockey League in the Buffalo Sabres. They did play hard. I mean, that is a team that is pushing to get out of where they've been for basically the last 10 years and barge into – well, they're, they've already done it, barged into the playoff race, but barge actually into a playoff spot right now. And they've been a little bit streaky this year. Earlier on, they had that seven-game losing streak after a nice start. 
But I'll tell you what, if they keep on playing with the energy that they showed last night at the uh, Canada Life Center, um, with the firepower that they have right now, and you mix in a few saves, um, uh, they could be a playoff team. I mean, do not write them off. Obviously, it was a dread, uh, the dreaded three-point game between Pittsburgh and Washington from a Sabre standpoint, but that's five in a row. They're cruising through the Central Division after wins in Dallas, St. Louis, and Winnipeg, and they were on another level than the Winnipeg Jets for the majority of last night. Uh, but as far as the Jets' performance goes, Remo, I was in the building last night. You're right. The first period, listen, the first period was still, I think, in favor of the Buffalo Sabres. Uh, there was a bunch of shots late in the period that I think made that gap a little more than it was as far as this, the, the the flow of play for the majority of the first 20. Uh, but, man, the Jets came back out, and we saw teams just on two different levels of execution and emotional levels as well. It really did seem like that was about as flat as we've seen the Jets play at home just about at any point this season. I guess I was traveling for the Columbus game. That was a game that a lot of people sort of cite as a real dud that the Jets have uh, dropped on a home ice. But for the most part, they've been really good at home, and the games have been awesome to go to. Unfortunately for everyone that was in attendance last night, that was not the case. And, uh, you know, you mentioned... You know, they're coming back off the road trip and all that. And we know that the All-Star break is coming up after a couple more games for the Winnipeg Jets. I don't know, man. I, yesterday doing the show, I had a uh, I had a bit of an eerie feeling. And it sounds like Rick Bonus did as well. I mean, when I heard Rick say that he came in and got the guys in there early out of the normal routine, it was pretty clear that I think there was some concern about what he was going to get out of his hockey club last night. And uh, once we saw the game take place... I think it was quite obvious that that concern was very legitimate and well-placed. Yeah, first, I'll give them my positive from the game. What an amazing uniform matchup it was yesterday. The Jets rocking the Heritage Blues. Agreed. Against the Sabres Classic. Uh, you know, white unis with blue and yellow. Oh, boy, that was a beautiful jersey matchup for aesthetic purposes. And I know that um, with game production, Huss, they had the Classic scoreboard in full effect last night uh that i love how they do that that is the, the game the game production i mean they, they there was some really neat things that they've done with these theme nights whether it was the reverse retro uh yeah. or now with the uh you know kind of making it look like the old scoreboard i joke to the guys anyone that remembers the old dancing hot dog uh yes. on the on the scoreboard back in the day the highlight of last night from my perspective as a jets fan at the game was in the third period, the new graphic of the dancing hot dog cool. now break dancing on the screen. That was quite quite so. enjoyable. That was entertaining, unlike most of the last 40 minutes from a Jets perspective, and basically pretty much the whole game. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and tell you, oh, the first was awesome, and then it kind of fell apart. It wasn't very good, but it got worse from there. And Eric Comrie, Eric Comrie was the Maytag repairman for like half of the game last night, Remo. He was so bored. And we even got the rare Bronx cheer for the home team when the team finally got a shot on Eric Comrie as they were pushing nearly 20 minutes without a shot in the game yesterday. Yeah, as, as and I mentioned they had some power plays in the first. Uh, you know, Leslie points out that in chat they had like one shot on those power plays. And that's something Rick Bonus talked about after just and when you have an open shot, not taking it, trying to find that pretty uh, pretty passing play, um, I mean, it was a rough one. 
uh, all around us. However, I mean, they did have a nice push at the end, you know, making it 3-1, then 3-2. Like, they almost pulled that one out of their ass uh, after sleepwalking through the whole game. Made it, made it exciting there. But, uh, you know, maybe for the best. And, you know, we talked to who was a libel a couple weeks ago, I think before the Montreal game. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm not really so sure about this team. And you'll look at, you know, the last six games, you know, two and four. You have performances like the one last night. Um, I think you talked to what Jamie McLennan about the level of concern for Jets fans. I'm not sure the level of concern in Chad right now, but they seem to have been trending, um, you know, trending in a way, of, you know, playing not the right way. And that was just even more of that. And you got two more games against St. Louis and Philadelphia on Saturday teams that are outside the playoffs, you got to maybe turn around quick um, so you can feel good during the break here uh, after Monday's game. Well, you know what? I really think that that game on Saturday is an important one for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, the way that they finished up, and listen, I didn't think that they played terribly in Nashville at all. I mean, I can't remember who it was that hit me up saying, you know, it's sort of been the par for the course this week. I'm like, dude, last night was way worse than the Nashville game which they were very much in it. Um, and, you know, I thought that was just a great goaltending battle. And, you know, Nashville was probably a bit better. Um, they had a few more shots on net, but that one could have gone either way. The 3-2 score last night in those late two games, make no mistake about it, was putting lipstick on a pig because that game last night, the Jets were not in for the majority of the 60 minutes and the score was incredibly flattering to the home team. That being said, um, the Jets have still earned themselves a pretty lofty spot in the Western Conference and in the division. They still sit just two points back of first place in the Dallas Stars with two games in hand. And Reem, it was a really weird night in the National Hockey League. And we'll talk about this with Noodles coming up in a few minutes. But, you know, obviously the Jets lost to Buffalo and Buffalo had been playing some great hockey as of late. And Jets just did not match them in just about any area. Talk about some weird scores last night. First off, Lightning and Bruins had a hell of a game. Lightning ended up winning uh, three to two. The St. Louis Blues are on absolute life support right now. They had just lost to Buffalo and Chicago. They get shut out. They get vamelkad last night by the Coyotes. Five nothing. The Calgary Flames stink it up at home losing 5-1 at home to the Chicago Blackhawks. And maybe the most incredible result of them all, I popped into Boston Pizza after the game over at City Place and checked out the third period of the Ducks-Avalanche game, which started off at 3-2 and they dropped the puck in the third period. Mason McTavish got on the board and the Ducks didn't look back and the Avs get their winning streak broken at home by giving up three goals to the Anaheim Ducks. Big, big night for underdogs last night in the National Hockey League. And uh seems like the Jets weren't the only team that wasn't up to their best or even close to their best last night when you see some of the other results in the West. Yeah, hey, I just want to point out a chat. You know, I joked that the Jets, you know, had a push uh, at the end of the game and made it close. Well, they did. It was 3-2. I know it was a it was a shit game. Okay, I get people in <laughs> chat are trying to pull like, no, no, the game sucked. I, I know, I know. We We watched it. But, um, yeah, really odd night. Um, as far as, you know, going for playoffs, like Calgary dropping at home to Chicago. Like, if you're a playoff team, you don't you don't lose those games. And I know you're going to talk to Jamie about uh, Calgary. Um, it just hasn't gone. They haven't meshed 
uh, well. I mean, they're playing Huberto with Milan Lucic on a line. I don't know if that's a recipe for him to have success. And um, Colorado losing, after, you know, it's good for the Jets because Colorado was showing some major push. Uh, Anaheim just really came on. Every shot was going in there. And I think the Blues are in trouble. They lost to Arizona earlier in the week and then just lost, sorry, Arizona last night and Anaheim earlier in the week. If you're a playoff team. You don't lose to both those those teams. And I also wondered, was that the first time all year that those three teams uh, won uh, in a night? Because uh, probably. They're, all, they're all tank, uh, Ricky Ralph, he's called them tank commanders, uh, going for <laughs> Bedard here. And that was just odd. It was, uh, we did have one really good game. Uh, has, before we get to these uh, Rick bonus clips, I thought he had some really good comments after the game. But this Boston-Tampa game, uh, Tampa, I mean, really bringing it, showing Boston, hey, not so fast. I know you've got a good regular season, but we're back-to-back-to-back to back to back, Stanley Cup finalists here, two-time uh, champs here. So uh, watch out for those teams. And I guess in terms of the East, we do have to mention Austin Matthews out uh, three weeks now with some injury that I guess he's been dealing with. So uh, yeah, a, cu- a couple NHL notes here. Yeah, no, I mean, there's no doubt that there was one game that um, outshone everyone last night, and that was the uh, matchup in the East between Tampa and the Boston Bruins. But uh, we, of course, were focused on Canada Life Center last night, the Jets losing 3-2, and again, the score completely glossing over what was uh, a real mismatch of um, the level of play on the of, on both teams. And Connor Hellebuck made, uh, I can't believe we haven't mentioned Hellebuck yet, but Hellebuck was the biggest reason why we were talking about a team that only gave up three goals last night and was even remotely close enough that there could be some suspense at the end of the game when the Jets got it together and popped a couple late ones on Eric Comrie. But let's hear from Rick Bonus. No surprise, he was not pleased and in some ways puzzled as to uh, the performance he got from the Winnipeg Jets last night. Here's Bones on last night's game. A lot of it was self-inflicted. We had nothing going, um, and then we just made it. When you when you don't have your legs and you don't you don't feel your best out there, the the worst thing you can do is what we did tonight and just keep giving them the puck. You, you got we just very bad puck management of both blue lines, and all you're doing then is. Uh, feeding their transition, feeding their speed. So a lot of that is on us. Uh, we know their strengths. We know they're a fast team. They're a highly skilled team and can score. Yet we were very stubborn uh, with our puck management. So didn't have your legs, didn't have your best. Do you have, do you have any sense of why that would be? I'm going to talk to a few of the guys tomorrow and get their, get their feedback on why. Let's say, you know, I would have talked to the players and see, okay, yeah, we, we had nothing going for the well, we, at spurts. So I want them to explain to me what they're, what they're feeling. Uh, interesting quote from Bones there. Um, and I'm sure those conversations happen today. We'll talk about them with Ken Weave a little bit later on, who was down at practice today. Um, but, Reem, this goes back to what Bones had said tomorrow. I mean, I really think that there was a bit of a... Uh, a red flag in the coach's room going into that game. And I think he sort of tipped us off to it when he said that he gathered the guys in early and talked about a number of things for that game. Um, Bottom line is if he was concerned, that was justified because it was a very concerning performance for a club um, that had just come back from their longest road trip of the year. Uh, No doubt when you're playing the way the Jets did last night, you're going to see some things shaken up. 
There was uh, some line movement, as one would obviously expect when a team's struggling the way that they are. Bones uh, talked about trying to find and still the search for a real consistent set of lines for the Jets. You'd like to, and you certainly want to, but then you have nights like tonight when you've got nothing going, so you got to try to shake it up a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, so no, no, I, the, the ideal situation is to get the three, four lines and and keep them going, which we've done the last couple of games, but um, you know we didn't score our last game. We had one goal, um, so... Just, yeah, we, we, we've got to figure that out. But, you know, so all of a sudden somebody's not playing well, you just you try something different just to spark some some interest and not some enthusiasm in them. All right, uh, enthusiasm. Didn't see a lot of that last night, and I uh, would hope that that will be the case for the Flyers' visit tomorrow. The Jets can get back on track with a, uh, with a win in one of their final two games before an 11-day break. For the player week as well as the all-star game um one of the things bones mentioned earlier that he was not pleased with and it was glaringly apparent last night why was the puck management in and around both getting out of their zone as well as zone entries and um, bones talked about the team's stubborn puck management at the blue line last night because they know when 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 to make a better play than they're making you know we're, we're overhandling the puck at the blue line when there's nowhere to go and it's, it, 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 sometimes you just have to take the puck and put it into an area, and, and then you're going to play fast. When we're, we're handling the puck at the blue lines, like we are, we look very, very slow. Uh, we're trying to make plays that just might work one out of every ten times. It's not good enough. So when you get to the blue lines, you have to make better decisions, and you have to, we have to have better support coming through so we can play faster. Uh, when you're turning the puck over the blue lines, you look and, 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 and you look slow. And we look very slow tonight. When you turn pucks over the blue lines, then you have to defend more often. Yeah. I guess it's not an effort thing, right? Because you're making it harder on yourself. You have just, to work harder. Just self-inflicted, like we talked about earlier, yeah. Yeah, a lot of self-inflicted mentions last night from uh, from the Jets head coach. Um, there's a little bit on their uh, issues in and around the blue lines. Now, one of the other things that was quite clear pissed Bones off last night was the team needing a goal, passing up some pretty nice shot opportunities. And Marat asked Bonus last night um, about his thoughts on some of the shots that weren't taken by the Winnipeg Jets when the opportunity was there. Is there a sense that there's too many shot opportunities being passed off? By yes. Jets, right? Yeah. I've been peaching about that all year. I, I just, we get, we're getting into the areas and shot and we're just passing up. So the goals are in, when we're shooting, we're scoring. And when our D are shooting, we're scoring. When we're getting in here looking for that extra play, we're not going to score. The other teams are too good. And the way that the league is defended now with five guys back, you think you're going to pass your way through there. There's no chance. You've got to open them up. You've got, uh, you've, You've got to take the shots to create some scrambles. Then you got to get the puck back. But we're coming in and we're making far too many plays and we're passing up way too many opportunities to shoot the puck. What do you think goes into that from a player's perspective to make those decisions? So they just believe they can make that play? Yeah. Or what? Like, yeah. Stubbornness. All right. So uh, another stubborn reference last night. Um, Reem, it was pretty clear last night that, you know, the, the Jets and – well, it's funny. Rennie talks about the snake charmer offense all the time where they can just sort of 
put together. It's like you're activating superpowers and um, go in and globetrotter the other team. Well, frankly, that happened on the other side last night from Buffalo to Winnipeg. Um, but the bottom line is when you're struggling the way they are, you have to get pucks on net. And I mean, it was embarrassing last night. I mean, throughout that second period where everything was in front of Connor Hellebuck. And even when the Jets did have a rare opportunity to get it into the Sabre zone, I mean, they weren't able to even get a puck on Eric Comrie and make him make a save. Yeah, it's uh, it's tough. And then you when you finally get uh, possession in their end, and you're, you're in you know, a nice position for a shot, you're not taking Buffalo seemed to be shooting uh, from just about everywhere. And you look at the shot totals from last night, it was 36 for Buffalo, 21 uh, for the Jets. And I think that's something you've seen in the past for the Jets where they want to make these nice tic-tac-toe passing plays. And like the one... Uh, Alex Tuck made to Tage Thompson after receiving a pass from Skinner. That was that was unbelievable. That that goal was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I mean, that was just a little, a little example of why this Buffalo team has been so successful scoring the way that they've uh, done. And I guess, I guess after last night, they're now tied for number one in goals because they were one behind Boston going into last night, and obviously they had one more than Boston. So. It's the highest scoring team in the National Hockey League. And uh, that play was a perfect example of how they got there. Yeah. And to be fair, I mean, that play started and the Jets had the puck in the Sabres' end. And the defenseman, you know, can't get it in deep or you pass it back to the D and it gets picked off. And they just march down and score on like one of the prettiest, what, three on twos that you'll ever see. And, you know, the Jets have had problems in the past going to what hero ball has for just trying to make these tic tac toe plays. And, uh, wasn't working last night. You're, are, you know, the opportunity cost is you don't get shots on net where maybe you can bang a pocket in like they've had before. But, um, you know, maybe it was something. For, it seems like you're watching like last year's team almost. And, uh, you know, it's encouraging hearing Rick Bonus aware of what the problems are. And they had a what they seemingly had a longer meeting. They all got on the ice late today, so I'm sure it was hashed out. And you feel like they have the solutions here to whatever problems have been ailing the Jets and. Maybe the break is something that will be welcome uh, coming up next week. Yeah, well, the break's not here yet, and they got a big game tomorrow night to try to get back into the win column. And, uh, I mean, I'll give the team the benefit of the doubt. They have bounced back and played well after disappointing performances more often than not this year. Tomorrow would be a real good time to find a much better performance and um, you know get a win against a Philadelphia Flyer team that we saw last week is still competing for a full 60 minutes. And, Pressed the wild to the limit last night before losing to Minnesota. Um, But as far as the next two games go, Bonus was asked about that, and he's looking to see some consistency in the game from the Winnipeg Jets beginning tomorrow at Canada Life Centre against Philly. I think we'll get a lot more consistent with our play when we stop being so stubborn with the puck. We'll play a lot faster, and when you're playing fast, it's it's a lot more fun, and you'll 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 be a lot more consistent. But it's it's we're slowing ourselves down and making it too easy for the opposition by our puck management, and a lot of it has to do at the blue lines in between the blue lines and and our stubbornness not to shoot. So um, again, those things are self-inflicted now, and so that leads. So when you're going, then. And the puck is moving, you all look good. And you, but then when you're not feeling it and you're still trying to make those same plays, that's where the inconsistencies come in. You're trying to make plays that when you, you can make when you're feeling it, but, and, but when you're not feeling it, you can't make those plays. You have to make higher percentage plays. 
All right, a little bit more Rick Bonus post game last night on uh, what he's looking to see from this club over the next couple of games. Um, I think it was pretty obvious. I mean, the compete level last night was not where it needed to be, and this isn't the first time in recent games um, that that level maybe hasn't been up to the level that they've established through the first half of the season. Here's one more from Bones on. Uh, well, he was asked whether the team's compete level has dropped since you know the beginning of the month and a number of players coming back into the lineup. I would say our compete, consistent compete, has not been where it's where it's been. So that's part work ethic. And again, we're just making the game too hard on ourselves. So, uh, and it's too easy for the opposition. So it's not necessarily a, it comes down to a work ethic. It comes down to just making the game too hard on ourselves, and then having to f- defend way too much um, unnecessarily. There's a lot of unnecessary time in our zone, and you now you're defending all the time instead of playing north. So, um, those are the things we're going to keep preaching. Well, and I'm sure the preaching continued today at practice. We'll talk about this with Ken a little later on when he jumps on. Uh, but no Ehlers, Dubois, or DeMello today. Mason Appleton was out in a yellow uh, non-contact jersey. Um, seven defensemen were up there mixing it up. And the lines, um, for what they're worth being in, <laughs> you know, with a number of players out, um, Shifley, Wheeler, and Menelainen. Menelainen, pretty much the uh, stopgap or a filler for Ehlers. Uh, Kyle Connor and Perfetti with Kevin Stenland, who's obviously in that spot for Dubois. Baron Lowry and Kuhlman. Axel Gagne and Appleton running on the fourth line. But talk a little bit more about what happened today. Get Ken thoughts, Ken's thoughts on last night's game in a bit as well as look ahead to tomorrow's game against Philly. Don't forget, we will talk NFL playoffs with Hacksaw later on. And, of course, we've got marbles coming up at 245. But first up today, going to catch up with Jamie Noodles McLennan in just a minute. Uh, but before we do that, folks, the deep freeze, unfortunately, is about to go down here in Winnipeg. Is your car ready for it? More importantly, is your battery ready for it? If uh, you're a little leery, about whether you can make it through a series of minus 30 loads. Pop down a Manitoba battery, get a quick battery test to let you know how you're looking for the rest of the winter. And if you do need one, you'll be there shopping local, getting the best price in town on an incredible selection of batteries. If you know that you need one, just give them a phone call though, or hit them up online at manitobabattery.com and they'll deliver it to you citywide same day. If you get your order in by 3 p.m., that's the Manitoba Battery difference. Great service from Donnie and his staff if you're down on Logan Avenue, and they'll save you time and money by delivering it citywide. Manitoba Battery, 1026 Logan Avenue, and online at manitobabattery.com. Don't procrastinate because the cold is here. Um, our friends at Consolidated Supply are not really thinking about the cold right now, they're more looking ahead to what summer has to offer and listen if you're in the golf industry you certainly know what consolidated supply has done as the leaders in irrigation services and artificial turf and of course if you've got any need for a customized golf cart they're the club car dealer in town and service the entire province but in addition to that incredible landscape projects are coming together for the summer including beautiful outdoor kitchens and hot tubs as well. Consolidated Supply has it all. Joe Spicy and the gang are waiting for you. Open to the public. Pop down and see them. 1395 Niagara Road East. 
or check them out online at their newly revamped website at cte.ca. Don't forget, folks, you still got a couple days left to nominate an unsung hero for our January award with Wallace and Wallace and Josh Morrissey. Send us an email to unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com and let us know about that person in your life or in your community spending a lot of time and a lot of effort to help others, whether it's extended hours doing charity work with one of the local charities in town, working within the school system, those extra hours of coaching, officiating, timekeeping, refereeing, so many people that do extra things to make sure that um, the show goes on. Send us that email, unsunghero at winnipegsportstalk.com. We have an autographed Josh Morrissey jersey for this month's uh, Unsung Hero. Wallace and Wallace will donate $500 in the name of the WST listener that nominated the Unsung Hero to the Dream Factory. And Josh and Margot Morrissey are going to match that as well. And all, of course, in support of the Dream Factory, of which Josh is an ambassador for. And hey, just before we get to noodles, don't forget, if you're still dealing with being a little under the weather, uh, you got to pop by Vita Health Fresh Market. Incredible immunity products, natural and organic supplements, beauty products, groceries, all at great prices, and carrying Winnipeg's largest assortment of local products, too. And battling colds and sore throats has never been easier right now with Colflex Oregano Spray, made locally by Inatech Nutrition. Colflex Oregano Spray helps relieve coughs and sore throats and helps to maintain immune function. Get yours today at any Vita Health location. Vita Health Fresh Market, empowering people to lead healthy lives. Seven Winnipeg locations, including the newest store in Linden Ridge, and online at myvita.ca. All right, Ken, post-practice coming up in a few minutes. But first up, let's uh, hit the road and welcome in Jamie Noodles McLennan to WST. Noodles, thanks so much for doing this. It's great to have you back on Winnipeg Sports Talk. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm just sitting in the parking lot of uh, the doctor's office. My uh, my daughter's just uh, getting her annual checkup, so it's all good. But I uh, I apologize for the background. I'm in my vehicle. So Dude, it, uh, it is all good. It is all good. We really appreciate you coming on. Uh, I would love to be talking about a big Jets win last night, but uh, got a little rocky for the club lately. I mean, listen, you look at the standings. They're still two points out of first place. They've earned themselves a pretty lofty spot in the Central and the West. But to use an overdrive uh, term, the level of concern around Winnipeg <laughs> has uh, been growing. What, what do you make of where the Jets are at in a pretty ugly game on home ice last night? Yeah, it wasn't great. I mean, shots on goal and chances and all of that type of stuff. If I wanted to be negative, I'm not going to be. But if I wanted to be negative, that looked a lot like a Jets team last year. You know, just kind of getting outshot and, and kind of, you know, going through the motions and not you know, not engaged in, in areas that you needed to be engaged in. But that being said, and I said this to you before we came on, I I think the team has earned the right for a little bit of a bump in the road here. They've worked really hard. They've played with structure. They've played with emotion. Their top players have played fantastic. And, you know, they've kind of hit the ditch recently. Um, so I do want to give them a pass because, you know, as you laid out, you're, you're, you're looking really good in the central. Uh, you have earned that type of cushion where if, if you do have an off, you know, five, six games, and that's kind of what we're seeing. We haven't seen them at the top of their game here in, in the last 10 days or so. Um, you know, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt because they are a different team than last season. And also I'll add one more thing. Uh, I know I'm quite long winded on this. Um, Buffalo's played really well. 
Like Buffalo is a serious team, and I think they've turned the corner with some of their young players. Like Olafson kind of hides in the weeds. He's a really good player. I think the you know Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. Those are that's a two-headed monster that a big, strong player is tough to deal with, and you know they're well-rounded. And that defense, of course, twenty-two and under. There's four of them, and we saw Owen Power you know score that goal. Uh, you start to see him settle in a little bit. So I I think it was a little bit of both. Buffalo's played really well. And, and Winnipeg hasn't played well enough or they've set the bar really high. Um, they've got to get back to that bar and they haven't been there in the last 10 days. You know, Noodles, we in the media often try and psychoanalyze where teams are. I, you've been in these rooms before. I mean, you know what it's like uh, to play the long grind of an NHL season. Yeah. I do wonder the unique challenges of getting home after the longest road trip of the year with three games against non-playoff teams before you get an 11-day break. Um, what sort of a challenge is that for the coaching staff to try and get your guys locked in when, I mean, human nature would be that uh, maybe you're looking ahead a little bit. That's where I was going to go. Human nature is big on this because let's not forget you've got young guys that are probably looking ahead to this break and going – you know, you and I'm going to say this respectfully. You got your goon buddies back home, going, you know, waiting for you to come home, and we're going to have some drinks, we're going to have some fun, we're going to, you know, and and this team has earned it. I'll come back to it. They've earned a mental, mental and physical break. So uh, that's what's key here too. Is they've they've got an opportunity. You're right. You're looking at the quality of competition, going, you know, that should be a win, coulda, woulda, all of that type of stuff. So they've got to find a way to lock it in mentally before you do get that well-earned break. And that's easier said than done because you, you just mentioned it. It's the human side. You know, you get distracted, you get excited that right around the corner is a little break. You get an opportunity to spend some time with family and friends and maybe, you know, fire off to Vegas or fire off to a warm climate where you can, you know, put your feet up and let the body and mind heal a little bit for a couple of days. So um, I would say that throughout the league, you could see uh, maybe you've had some distracted games here. And we even saw it last night. I mean, honestly, uh, you know, Colorado loses to Arizona. Uh, you know, Buffalo beats Winnipeg. These are top-tier teams that, um, you know, maybe took their foot off the gas and been looking at the schedule. And they've got to find a way to keep it focused before you do get into the break. Well, and Bones had said yesterday, and I hadn't heard this before. I mean, you know, they're coming off the road, and he said he got the players in early yesterday morning. To It almost seemed like his spidey senses were tingling, and he wanted to make sure he could do everything um, to do it. And, you know, we talk about looking ahead, but this was the first game back, and, I mean, I don't know why this has been the case. Maybe you can enlighten us how a team goes on a long road trip, comes back at home in their first game, and – Certainly last night, that was a team that, you know, it seemed like it was running on fumes, but it was also emotionally flat. Yeah. And I don't have the formula of why, um, you know, when you come off a long road trip of that first game, it's just you're you're out to lunch mentally and physically uh, because I've gone through it and I've been that distracted athlete. You come home, it's almost like, okay, home cooking. You've got a bunch of things that have been kind of waiting for you. Uh, if you have a spouse or a girlfriend or a significant other, you're, you probably got to put some time in or excited to put some time in there. Uh, you know, to me, you've got visitors or family members that come in. You, it's, it's almost like, okay, we've been out on the road. It's been a grind. You get home and it's almost like that collective like breath. And you're like, okay, 
I'm home. We can still play, but you know, I got to take care of this. I got to take care of that. So I don't have the formula. I don't have the answer on that, but you see it not just with Winnipeg. You see it throughout the league. And you're right. Bones has been around so much. It's not, it's, it's almost second nature. Spidey sense goes up and goes, Hey, I, I think we're in, in one with the guys. Let's try and do something different to get them focused. And uh, I think they gave it their all last night, but they just looked like they were kind of a step behind and a little bit on fumes. Well, and, and you mentioned, I mean, the Jets weren't the only team that had a dud on home ice. I mean, the uh, Ducks scored three in the third to beat the abs and man, the Calgary flames, Jamie, throwing up a stinker, the Blackhawks beating them five, yeah. one in the saddle dome. And I mean, listen, you, we can give the jets the benefit of the doubt for the wins that they've put in the, uh, in the, in the copper already. The Calgary flames should be a desperate hockey team right now. And uh, I'm interested in your perspective on their predicament right now, outside of the playoff line. And, you know, we're well into the second half of the season and it seems it just really hasn't clicked as a team yet. Well, when I look at the flames and I'm, tied to that organization a lot of different levels as far as you know people that i love and, and respect in it um last year whenever you played calgary it was like okay we're in one here like that's a team that's structured they're mean they're physical they you know is a daryl sutter team like through and through it's taken a bit and, and and i'll add this one thing as you guys know especially in winnipeg goaltending's everything you know when hellebuck has statistically been kind of off on a season you see the result right uh let's look at markstrom like markstrom statistically has been a lot uh different this season than last year he was a Vesna finalist last year he's not at the top of his game and a lot of it is what's going on in front of him but it's also his play you can't just blame it on goaltending but it's a different look a different feel and certainly a different product that's going out there from a consistency level uh, I watched a, a good part of that game last night. And, you know, Chicago, once in a while, they're, they're going to have things that go well for you. Uh, you know, bottom feeder teams. I misspoke saying that uh, Colorado lost to Arizona. It was Anaheim. You're right. and But it's still a, a team that's at the bottom of the league. And they're NHL players. And they're allowed to have good games. You can't just throw your gear on and go, okay, that's a bottom feeder team. They want to be at the bottom because they're trying to get Connor Bedard. So they're just going to hand us two points. Uh, we saw that with Columbus and Edmonton the other day. Columbus beats them in overtime because Edmonton just put their gear on thinking that Columbus was going to hand them their seventh win in a row. So um, when I come back to Calgary, I think there's just something, you know, from a consistency level that's missing night in and night out. Uh, I think Huberto's had a tough time adjusting to, you know, the trade, a new situation, a new conference, a new setting. And I'm not blaming it on him, but there's just been through osmosis. Some of the turnover has taken a lot of time for these guys to adjust, and it reflects in the standings. You know, Noodles, I mean, the Flames right now are on the outside looking in. Colorado, I think most people would say, still the team to beat in the West yeah. right now. I mean, you've got Dallas and Winnipeg at the top of the West, a big, like, crunched up, the Kraken, Kings, Oilers, Minnesota Wild. I am i can't remember the West or any conference, to be honest, being so wide open. Um, would you agree that this is, I mean, a huge opportunity for pretty much any team that's in it right now because there hasn't been any clear team like the Boston Bruins on the other side of things established themselves as the clear front runner. Yeah, I think anybody's in it. It's going to be, it's going to come down to health. 
It's going to come down to consistency and you have to give yourself an opportunity. Uh, you just mentioned a lot of teams. It'll be interesting for me to see what they do at the deadline to, you know, for lack of better words, to double down, including the Winnipeg Jets. You know, Chevy's got some room here. He's got some flexibility. He's been kind of sitting on, you know, some cap money and, and, you know, been, been kind of stockpiling, you know, some, some draft picks some prospects. Is he going to go big game hunting? I mean, that's the million dollar question. I'm sure that's being asked every day in, in Winnipeg. I think Dallas is a, a really well uh, structured team. They're well coached. Uh, they got great goaltending uh, and, and star power. Uh, Edmonton, you know, I'd never sleep on them with those two guys. And, and you add in RNH and, and Hyman that are having career seasons. Uh, Vander Kane coming back and, and being healthy once he gets through, you know, he's had a, a personal leave here this week. So I don't sleep on Edmonton, but you're right. There's there's a, a laundry list of teams that you can go. You can make a case for them to go deep uh, in the West. It's it's going to come down to your best players being playing the best at the right time. And I would include the Winnipeg Jets in that conversation because they're certainly capable of it. And as you know, and I'm sure you've heard me talk a, a million times, I've always picked Winnipeg as a deep team and a team that could cause some trouble. Uh, but I've been disappointed in the outcome in the last couple of years, and we'll see if they could change that this year. Well, I, I mean, it's a great segue into the deadline. That was sort of kind of where I was going. But considering the opportunity, let's just focus on the Winnipeg Jets, the opportunity that is there for this club this year, and the uncertainty of how the team's going to look a year or two from now. I think it is almost expected that Dayoff is going to really put his best foot forward. When you look at the Winnipeg Jets, where, where would you start? I mean, is it another top four defenseman? Is it a forward or two to help up front? We've heard the name Jonathan Taves quite a bit. He's intriguing for a number of, number of reasons. I'm just interested in where you would start and what the targets would be if you were Kevin Sheveldayoff. Well, how about both? I mean, you just mentioned yeah. it. You're looking at you're looking at um, some uncertainty, we'll call it. You know, Pierre-Luc Dubois' contract, you know, Wheeler getting older and and, you know, Hellebuck having a career season, or at least a, an elite season. I always say, like, if you're a manager and you've got your top players playing at the top of their game, for the most part, you know, notwithstanding the last 10 days, this is where you should kind of be, you know, I wouldn't say all in, but close to it based on, you know, what you're looking at every night. So you said a top four defenseman. I don't know who that is. Uh, I mean, you know, everyone talks about Jacob Chikrin. There's a reason why, for me, this guy's been on the market for over a year. Why hasn't one of these teams pulled the trigger? I know the asking price is high, but to me, if a team's dying to have him in the lineup, you make that move. So what are we seeing or what do we know behind the scenes that that other managers aren't, aren't trusting? And, and up front... I, I think the Winnipeg Jets are as deep as anybody in the National Hockey League because Perfetti has pr proved that he's a player, and I think he's going to just continue to get better. Would I add to that group? Absolutely. I'm, I'm a big Adam Lowry fan, and I think, you know, you could put their top seven, and if you throw in a, a healthy Appleton, a top eight against anybody in the league. But why not add another dimension that can play in that top eight or top seven or top six? That just gives you the flexibility that if you do have an injury, you've got somebody else to plug and play. Um, but I, I, I would say for me, I, I'd be looking top tier players. You mentioned Taves. I don't know if Bo Horvat or guys like that are a fit. 
But at the end of the day, Chevy has that flexibility. So I would be looking for a defenseman that can chew minutes and maybe be a little bit different dynamic than what you have already. And, and a forward that I just mentioned, you could plug and play at the, at a minimum in the top nine, but maybe that can give you top six and a little different dynamic. So, uh, like I say, I don't think they need to do a lot of tinkering, but why not do the tinkering when you have that flexibility and you have a team that's played really well. Overdrive's Jamie McLennan with us here on Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Um, Timo Meyer's a name that's come up quite a bit, and, you know, he's playing for the Sharks. We don't see a lot. They're certainly not ending up on national TV very often. Yeah. How how impactful of a, an ad would Timo Meyer be for any team, um, and would the juice be worth the squeeze? Well, yes, uh, on a couple different levels. But again, if you have that flexibility, because I believe he has to be qualified at quite a high number. 10 mil. Yeah, so I, I thought somebody told me that it was a percentage of that. But either way, let's just say 10 or a, a large number. So you have control of the player. So it's probably going to be a king's ransom to, to trade for him. Um, and there's either an extension involved or he's a, a rental with, control moving forward that you turn over in the summer to another team. So just the price of it, let's, let's throw that to the side. What you're getting is, you know, I've watched them play and watched them play live a few times this year. They like, he's a strong player. Like people forget, like it, it's not the, the game isn't about fighting and, 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 you know, being a, a physical intimidator. It's more about, you know, fighting for position on the ice. Can you skate? Can you uh, win loose puck battles? Can you be strong on the puck? And I think that's what he's capable of doing. And he might bring a little bit different dynamic to some of the forwards, uh, like a Nikolai Ehlers, who I love, but Ehlers is a speedster and he's a little bit lighter. Meyer's a heavier player that, that can find the back of the net. So I think he's a fantastic fit for a lot of teams and he should be uh, garnering a King's ransom for San Jose, just based on his control moving forward. But he would be a fit in Winnipeg. If you could make it fit for the, I guess the right price, we'll call it. Jamie McLennan with us noodles. Just before we go, I did want to ask you about the season that Josh Morrissey's having. I know that you've spoken about it on uh, overdrive in the past. Yeah. He's the Winnipeg jets all-star representative. Um, how did this happen? How impressed are you? And where does he right now with the way that he's playing land among the uh, hierarchy of the best defensemen in the league? Got to be right there. Um, you know, I don't have a ranking for you, but you know, if, if you're top three or top five, he's in that conversation hands down. Uh, how did this happen? I mean, putting it all together, a lot of it comes with health that comes with uh, being challenged. We'll call it, or at least giving a different uh, mindset from Rick Bonus and understand and Rick's uh, we've interviewed him several times and I've had a uh, conversation with him face to face and saying like you know scratching the surface or just asking the player to play to his potential uh, he's certainly done that I think Josh is a, a really skilled guy underrated speed really good skater so you know working to position very quickly there were times before where I thought his game and, and this, is, this comes back to courage and drive where he wasn't shy to take a hit to make a play. Now I think he skates out of it. He knows where to be on the ice and gives himself the best opportunity to advance the puck or jump into the play to create odd man rushes. So he's adapted his game into today's game where I, I would argue that he had a little bit of old school in him that might have maybe hampered him from finding this level. Uh, I look at, 
and this hasn't been a change of scenery because he's been there the whole time. But I look at a guy like Hampus Lindholm that has found, you know, has been found money for the Boston Bruins. We all knew he was a really good defenseman, but he's found another level, that Norris type of level this year by allowing himself to, to use his skill, use his skating, use his puck handling. And I, I put Morrissey in that conversation as well, where, you know, you're using the strengths of the player and not placing them in a situation where maybe, um, you know, the, the weaknesses, and I'm not saying he's got any weaknesses, but it exposes some of the things where you don't want the player to be exposed to. And that's the physicality and, and maybe taking that pounding where you don't want that over an 82, 82 game schedule. So I've loved his game. Obviously the Jets fans watching him night in and night out have, have seen more, maybe a, a resurgence of him. I think we all knew it was there. He's just doing it consistently nightly now. But he has just taken it to a whole nother level in the confidence that he's playing with. And yeah. it seems to grow throughout last night, notwithstanding for the, uh, the entire team noodles. Can't thank you enough for this. Uh, say hi to the fellas. I'm sure you'll be putting the ref Jersey on when the football picks go down later on this afternoon. It'll be, uh, <laughs> it'll be great. Anyways, really appreciate you jumping on with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. And we'll chat soon. All right, good stuff with Noodles. What a nice guy he is. Got a chance to uh, chat with him after uh, one of the Jets games he was doing uh, maybe a couple of weeks ago here in Winnipeg and been trying to make that happen for a while. Shout out to Remus for uh, making the connection on that and getting Noodles on. We'll have Ken Weeb joining us in a few minutes. Sounds like Bones just finished up speaking, so uh, Ken will join us from his perch at the rink. Uh, just before we do that, Got to give a shout out to our friends over at Royal Sports um, NFL Championship Weekend. If you're a Chiefs, a Niners fan, an Eagles fan, or even a Bengals fan, Winnipeg Walter, uh, pop on down there. Make sure you get your fit ready for the big weekend to see if your team can make it to the Super Bowl. When you're talking about fan gear for literally any league, whether you're a Jets fan, Bomber fan, NFL, Major League Baseball, NBA, Raptors, Jays, they've got it all. The best selection, maybe in the country, to be perfectly honest with you, with everything there. And while you're there, check out that great Yeti section as well for those of you that spend some time outside. And make sure to check out their incredible selection of hockey equipment and skates, including perfect casual skates. Affordable, perfect for jumping out on the uh, on the river or some of the ice trails or ODRs. Royal Sports, 750 Pemina Highway. Follow them on Instagram at Royal Sports Pemina for the latest merchandise drops and sale information. Guys, if you uh, if the wardrobe needs an uptick, you know where to go. F Apparel down at 190 Smith Street. Andrew Parks and his great staff are ready for you. They'll get you sized up, fitted, and you can get custom suits beginning at just 400 bucks. March more than just suits as well, though. Chinos, golf pants, custom shirts, both to be worn tucked and untucked, and a great selection of men's accessories. And, fellas, if you're in a wedding party, don't forget the F Apparel special. Don't waste your time and money on uh, suits that you got or uh, tuxes that you got to return. Custom suits for the entire wedding party starting at 400 bucks, and you'll get a 15% discount for everybody when you get your suits at F and another great deal for 2023 grads, a free shirt and custom shirt and tie for any young man in the class of 2023. When you get your suit at F apparel, F apparel, 190 Smith street downtown. And of course you can check them out or make an appointment online at F that's E P H apparel.com. And, uh, 
as I mentioned, I popped into BP yesterday after uh, the Jet game to see what was happening in that Ducks-Colorado game and was pleasantly surprised that the Ducks had three goals in them in the third period. But um, I'm always – never surprised, but it's always pleasant popping by BP, uh, those world-famous Boston wings in a schooner to uh, maybe take the sting off a tough night in the arena is always good. And, man, those pizzas are delicious. Uh, whether you're popping into your local BP this weekend – or ordering online at bostonpizza.com. Make it BP this weekend. All right, let's head out to Canada Life Center. Our guy Kenny Weebs just uh, finished up with Rick Bonus and joins us now on WST. Weber, how are you? Uh, Andrew, great to be with you. Uh, doing fantastic. Thank you for asking. How about yourself? How are the uh, How are the nerves going into uh, Championship Weekend here? Well, this feels like it's about an 18-hour show, to be honest, because <laughs> I'm. Uh, let's just say that the bags are packed and I'm ready to uh, ready to get out there. Yes, um, you flying or driving? But uh, well, we're uh, we're as of right now, it looks like the drive is still on. But uh, it, you know, it can't be easy. Big winter storm warning in uh, South Dakota yep. and Iowa. So, uh, listen, one way or the other. I will be at Arrowhead Stadium at yeah. 5.30 for kickoff and hopefully a few hours early for a little bit of tailgating and yeah, whatnot. And our pal Roger will appreciate the effort put in to get you there. Oh, the Raj father is ready, is ready for the return it. and we're ready for the game. Um, Ken, I was hoping that we'd be focusing on a nice win last night and a lot of momentum coming into the weekend in the final two games. And then, of course, some football talk as well. But... Uh, we got to talk about that one last night. A uh, a five-star stinker from the Winnipeg Jets. And listen, this team has been very good this season. They've got 31 wins. But as I just mentioned with Noodles, who was on the show, the uh, to use the overdrive term, a level of concern, I will admit, has increased in both the WST chat and the Kenny and Rennie chat for anyone that watched the show last night. Um, what do you make of the Jets' performance last night and just how – emotionally flat they seemed especially in the second period into uh that rally if you want to call that that uh, that made the score look a little bit better than it really was late, late in the game yeah Hus, i mean uh, you might hear the lawnmower in the background at some point here after the ice has been cleared but uh you will not hear any sound of alarm bells uh, at least not from within that locker room i know that the uh, <laughs> the angst level was high on the old socials and on the old chat rooms last night i understand and today as well um I, I'm I'm sorry to disappoint the folks that uh, want me to say the sky is falling here. It was just uh, no one's getting things. fired. Uh, I don't see uh, <laughs> no Rick Bonus is still uh, happily employed. Uh, this team is still in a battle for first place. But uh, I mean, of course, I mean uh, this block of games for the Jets has not been optimal. Uh, Rick Bonus was quick to say yes. I mean, uh, you know, Sean Reynolds, uh, my partner in crime. Uh, partner on the air not in crime of course i'm being facetious here uh asked you know what whether the stretch was worrisome and rick said can we play better of course have we played better of course will we play better of course so uh i would say the effort against the buffalo sabers was uh, you know below par um there's no doubt about that uh you know it was the engagement was not at, at a level that would be uh considered to be an A level for the Jets. It was more of a you know, C minus to D level. Uh, but I would say this is more of a one-off Hus. I mean, yes, you're right. I mean, the score was not indicative of the game. Uh, Buffalo controlled the play virtually from the very beginning. The, they controlled the pace. The Jets looked slow. Uh, but I would say let's, let's see how it looks uh, on Saturday. 
and let's see how it looks on Monday against the St. Louis Blues. Because uh, for me, uh, I think the Jets are fine. There are certain elements they need to you know increase and enhance. Uh, defensively, they weren't good enough. Uh, and offensively, we know they've been struggling a little bit uh, with, I mean, two or fewer in five of the last seven. So it's interesting. Uh, they haven't really pulled it all to. I mean, they pulled it a lot of together for a long stretch of time. And now, right now, things seem to be, uh, you know, seem to be a little bit off on a lot of fronts, uh, including, and, and you can't, it's funny, Rick was talking about this now, Huss. You can't do the things the Jets want to do in terms of their forecheck and their ability to play an aggressive and up-tempo game if you don't have your skating leg. That was a concern the other day. Yeah, Ken, uh, the, the, I mean, the skating, <laughs> the skating legs were not there. And I, I'm interested in your perspective because you're around the team, you know, on a daily basis. My, I, I heard a red flag yesterday going into the game when Rick Bonus mentioned that he got the players in early. Like they sort of went outside of what they normally do to make sure that his team was ready to play. Um, do you take that as, um, do you take that, Ken, as maybe uh, like he's been around, he's seen this before? And uh, the fact of the matter was, oh, I think we, lo- I think we just lost Ken. Ken, can you hear me okay? Yeah, we lost Ken. Yeah, we were just we we're just losing him on the on the net. Anyways, back to my point. It was a real red flag, I think, from Bonus about the way things were looking going into last night. I think whether it was maybe just a feel of a guy that knows his team well, um, but did what they could do to try to avoid it, and unfortunately, that um, that wasn't the case. Um, you know, Rick Bones just did speak, and as Jay Miller just said in the chat, Ken is right, get off the ledge, Jets fans. Yeah, I mean, there's certainly no reason to panic. Um, but I think as we heard from Bones after the game, Remo, last night, that, um, you know, he's not sugarcoating this. I mean, he was, I mean, the comments we listened to at the start of the show where I think we're really telling, and we've appreciated the honesty from Bones all, all year long. There's a bunch of things that they didn't do well, and that stubbornness that he's been talking about, it didn't get back to the simple things sometimes you have to do to get out of a little bit of an offensive slump. Yeah, I'm just reading some of the comments um, Murat is sharing from Rick Bonus uh, just now as we wait for Ken to return. He says, uh, they all know when we're playing well what we look like. They all know that right now that's not what we're doing. And Bonus said everyone he spoke to was on the same page. There was an honest recognition about the difference between their game right now and the game wants to play bonus feeling confident they will get back to it and i think that's what you've been hearing from him since the start of training camp you're hearing um solution and recognition of problem and how they're gonna again how they're gonna solve those problems so uh, i kind of agree i, I would say hey you know you're maybe you're taking a cautious a cautious approach based on how these last two games go but they seem to be aware of what they need to do to be successful well let's uh ken can you hear us okay are you back now Awesome, no problem. Be a show without technical difficulties. Hey, no worries on that. Let me ask you uh, just what I was going to ask you. I mean, when we heard Rick say that he got the players in early, a little bit outside of the normal schedule yesterday, I mean, did you see that as kind of a red flag of a coach that has been around the block a few times and just had maybe his spidey senses going that this was going to be a very, very tough matchup for his team to get up to the level that they needed to be to beat a team like Buffalo? Team goes on five game road trip and plays eight of nine on the road, comes home, 
you know, does a couple loads of laundry, uh, runs to the grocery store and comes out flat. I mean, it's an unfortunate uh, event. <laughs> Paying customers hate it, but it's a reality. Uh, but I do think, Huss, here's the bigger thing for me. Like what happened post game with what Rick was saying? Rick knows exactly what's going on with the with the Winnipeg Jets. And when he said, I'm going to need to talk to a few players, that to me was Rick's spidey senses tingling and saying, you know what? We've spent 50 games trying to implement this plan. Uh, I hope that my players understand what is going wrong and what has not been happening in the last, let's just say, you know, six to eight game block, if you will. And Remo just read the quotes. I mean, you know, he feels that the players are in lockstep and they know what they need to get done and uh, they feel confident that they can get to that point. So for me, this is the biggest difference between, you know, again, the Jets hate talking about last season. And I mean, that was also evident today, but I mean, for us, it's a it's a point of emphasis because last year the Jets didn't really have a foundation of which to build on. They had a bunch of ups and downs and mostly downs and didn't really stick to their structure. So for me, for Jets fans, the message should be this. You've seen for 50 games, how, like how many of these outliers have there been? Yes, Minnesota, very poor. Uh, maybe the first period against Vegas and the back-to-back early in October, yes. There have been some games that have been the Montreal game most recently. Uh, We know that's not, you know, that is in the six game block. So, I mean, I understand that there would be some frustration, but um, I would also say that the Colorado Avalanche, uh, as a point of reference, had just won six games in a row, outscored their opponents 22 to six, and lost to a team that is in the Connor Bedard sweepstakes. So, this happens. It's the NHL. There's 82 games, and there are going to be some, as you mentioned, stinkers in there. So it's funny you bring that up. That game last night, Ken, uh, because I mean, as ugly as the Jets' performance was against Buffalo, they were not alone last night. And right. you mentioned, I mean, the Ducks scoring three in the third period to beat the Az in regulation. The St. Louis Blues, who should be a very desperate team, and it'll be fascinating to see what kind of mm-hmm. game they come to the peg with going into that player break on Monday night. Because they've lost to Buffalo. No shame in that. Buffalo's playing great. They lost at home to the Chicago Blackhawks. That's ugly. And last night got Vimelka'd and lost 5 nothing to the Arizona Coyotes. And then you've got the Calgary Flames. Who, I was going to say, don't forget the Flames. Huss. I mean, wow. my God. 5-1 last night at home to the Chicago Blackhawks. I mean, um, you know, maybe we should remember this. This particular <laughs> time of the year, next year going in and start hammering some underdogs uh, on the old cool bet lines. There you go. Um, because the Jets were not alone. That being said, I mean, I think we've kind of said what needs to be said about last night's game. It wasn't good enough. Everyone acknowledges that. And it was some interesting things from Bones last night after the game. Take us to uh, today's practice, Ken. I mean, uh, how did things look? What was the vibe around the team? And you were just there with Rick Bonus. Uh, how did he sort of expand post-practice on where they go from here into tomorrow night's game against Philly? Yeah, I mean, he just wanted to get back to pace. I mean, there was a lot of back to basics during the practice today, and you got to remember too, Huss. I mean, without the you know the the players that were missing, uh, and again, remember these are a lot of placeholders because Dubois, Ehlers, Demello, and Hellebuck were not out there. So, don't look at the lines and say, "Oh my God, it's a complete uh, you know everything is in disrepair because the Jets uh, you know gone two and four in this last stretch." I mean, that, <laughs> this was just a get your pace up whip the puck around a little bit, get some shots, and uh, start feeling confident again. Uh, the one thing we did notice uh, on press row here uh, watching in the stands, Huss, it was not a very, it was very up-tempo. 
it was not a very boisterous practice. So that to me, it was more of a focus. Uh, it was a very focused group. Uh, but this is a group that likes to have fun around the rink. So I would imagine they'll be snapping around. There'll be a little bit more hooting and hollering uh, at the morning skate, which is probably going to be optional uh, for the game against the Philadelphia Flyers. So uh, I, I, this is how I would explain it. The Jets are aware of their internal issues. And by internal issues, I mean not getting things done in certain areas, not there being any sort of internal issues or anything of that nature. Uh, they need to play better. I expect they'll play better. And this has been a very focused group all year long. Uh, and this is what I would also say to the folks sounding the alarm. I mean, would you rather be where the Winnipeg Jets are or would you rather be where the Calgary Flames are or, you know, the St. Louis Blues are? I mean, we all expected these teams to be very, you know, St. Louis took Colorado to six games in the second round. And if Bennington hadn't been hurt, who knows what would have happened, right? So the Flames basically won the offseason and are in a tooth and nail battle with the Edmonton Oilers and Minnesota Wild for the last playoff spot in the Western Conference, whereas the Jets are still fighting for first uh, overall in the Western Conference. So that's not to say there's not things that need to be better and and resolved quickly. I mean, any team is a five-game losing skid away from being in very, you know, tenuous situations. So I also think the Jets have shown enough in terms of their foundation and structure that I wouldn't anticipate there being a lengthy losing streak around the corner because the Jets have shown that they haven't really let that seep into their game. I mean, they've had one three-game losing streak this year, Huss. So, I mean, if you play 50 games, that's a pretty large sample size. Now, that's not to say it can't happen again. I mean, the Jets lost two in a row again here. So, um, And that's now the fifth time I think it's happened this season. So... They do need to be a lot better. Uh, their goaltender has been exceptional for them. Uh, Connor Hellebuck was very good once again against the Buffalo Sabres. But uh, to me, Huss, I think it's super interesting because we've been talking so much about deadline and deadline plans and maybe what's on the wish list. I mean, I would say the bigger... You know, it's interesting because I, I think defensively they've taken some really important strides, but there are still more strides to be taken. To me, kind of the bigger picture issue would be about the offense. I mean... The offense is getting healthier. I mean, Mason Appleton remains in non-contact, but that's not going to be for much longer. Um, and Mason Com- Mason Appleton is a complementary scorer, not a primary scorer, but you always welcome as much of that offense as you can get. But the Jets have gotten a lot of their bigger guns into the lineup, yet their offense hasn't gone up. It's kind of gone in a bit of a downward, no, no, not a downward spiral by any stretch. But if you look at the opponent, they played against a bunch of teams that, I mean, with the exception of the Leafs, who are among the league leaders in goals against, they played against a bunch of teams that aren't you know, great defensively or haven't really had great years, yet they haven't been able to generate. Yes, they got, you know, sorrowed on Tuesday against Nashville for sure. But I don't think that the Jets have gotten goalied a lot during this block of six to eight games. I mean, that's not to say they haven't had a lot of creation in terms of the offense, but they haven't had the same kind of sustained pressure and, and you know, they had a lot of potent offense going for a while. The game against Pittsburgh was a great example. I mean, they scored four times. So they're not that far removed from having some strong games offensively. But at the same time, I think that's an area of their game. Because it gets so much harder to score in the last 30 games, I'm curious to see if the Jets can stay committed to their structure and not cheat for offense at the expense of defense, which has been such a huge priority for them over the course of the season. Well, you know, let's talk about that for a second because, you know, Rick Bonus, you know, mentioned yesterday, we saw, you know, listen, there's been some constant 
tweaking of the lines. And, you know, when you're struggling the way the Jets did last night, you're looking for a spark and guys will be on with different guys. But focusing on that top six, Ken, um, you know, whether it's in these next couple games or whether it's coming out, I mean, outside of any trade acquisitions, but the, with the six guys they have right now, what do you think is the best setup right now? Um, <clears throat> obviously, Dubois and Connor have been mainstays together for most of the season. Nikolai Ehlers has bounced around from both lines, and I think he's a real key player. I mean, um, if, if you were putting the coaching staff on or they're giving you the lineup card, what do you think, at least right now, going into tomorrow, makes the most sense? Yeah, Huss, to be quite frank, I, I don't think we know the answer yet. Uh, at this stage, uh, I would my temptation would be to leave Nikolai Ehlers with Mark Shifley. Um, and then whether it's Wheeler or Perfetti, I, I don't have that answer yet, to be quite honest. Um, I, I think that he's shown well with both of those lines. I think for the for the you know in the spirit of balance and maybe helping both of the centers have an optimal partner. If you're going to think to me, I'm going to think about it as duos, Hus, right now. Although we prefer to go with trios, I think that Dubois and Connor and Shifley and Ehlers. I think that's where your starting point is, and then you're going to move around Wheeler and Perfetti as those guys are going. Uh, I mean, and, and for the same reason. I mean, Blake, when he has his legs, he can play with anybody at speed. And you know, Cole is not a burner, but his brain works at a level that you can play him, and he is best suited in that top six role. I'm not sure he's best suited on the right side or the left side. I don't think we've seen a large enough sample size to determine what that is or what the case is. And there will be some defensive challenges um, I mean, for Cole on his offside, especially later in games when you have the defenseman pinching down, if the Jets are protecting the lead and all of those things. I mean, for the game against Philadelphia, Huss, like in the short, short term with the with the very hyper-focused lens, I would say Wheeler, uh, Wheeler, Shifley, Ehlers, and I would say Perfetti, uh, Dubois, and Connor. That, that I, think, I think will lead to the optimal setup, but I haven't... I don't think we've seen enough of it uh, to see who's fitting in best where. And again, Huss, you mentioned Ehlers right off the gate. I'm not sure if he is going to be more dynamic on the as a right winger or as a left winger. I mean, like there there are benefits to both of those things, uh, but at the same time, there are also you know straight line player versus east west. I mean, um, you know. Dubois is the kind of guy that can pull defenders to him. Would he be best suited with Dubois or is he best suited with Shifley where you get the giddy up and go and you're, you're going, you know, in the offensive attack a lot. So uh, I don't, like I said, I don't, I don't profess to know what's going to be the best for the final 32 games, but I think what's going to be best going into the break is that, that version of the top six. What do you think us? Where do you, where do you think? Wheeler's fits best. Yeah, listen, I, I like Schwielers together. I mean, I think that that group can be, and, and again, I mean, I think I'm agreeing with you on this one. We are talking about these pairs because, I mean, I think Connor and Dubois need to stay together. And I think, you know, unless you're going to put Ehlers on that line and, you know, and hopefully get as much out of Perfetti and Wheeler with Shifley, I mean, I think it really does revolve around getting, not only getting Neil and Nikolai Ehlers clicking, but getting him out in those situations that they can really get going. I mean, they look brilliant at times in games yep. and then other games like last night. And again, I, I have a hard time taking too much last out of last night because to a man, the entire team just was flat um, and yep. they really weren't skating. So I don't blow it up right now. 
I think you give those guys, you know, a little bit more time to 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 go forward because they're just too good to be held off. But it, the other thing that might be good is to mix in a shot or two on net. And Rick Bonus talked about that last night. It was quite clear that he was frustrated that there is sometimes a tendency to get a little bit too cute to try to wait for the perfect play when you got to get some pucks on net and sometimes get an ugly one to uh, snap out of it. Yeah, no better example of that than the three-on-two Hus, right? Lowry finds Kuhlman in the slot. Looks like Kuhlman's going to let it go, and then he tries to force it into a small hole to Nikolai Ehlers, and it's not a dangerous chance at all where it should have been uh, a really high-danger chance and a grade-A opportunity. So... And that's not, to, I mean, that's not, this is not a, uh, you know, it's not a knock on Carson Kuhlman. I mean, you understand that why he would be looking for Ehlers in that situation. But I think to me, it's more of a, you know, a symptom of the disease, right? I mean, sometimes that overpassing has plagued the Jets at times, and it also has plagued their star players. So uh, I'm just using that as an example, because that was the one for me where I looked down at Rick Bonus and uh, you had a serious look of dismay. Uh, on on his face there and I mean Nate Schmidt saying after the game Huss when I asked him about it I mean Nate Schmidt said the Jets basically barely had the puck in the zone offensive zone three times in the period that was one of those times and they had not even like basically nothing to show for it Uh, that's one of those where maybe if they get a goal in that scenario maybe it that's the spark that a team might need to get themselves going so again I, I think it's it's you know Time for time for it to sound the alarm, no, but certainly to be cognizant of the fact there is, you know, a higher level to be reached. And here's the thing, Hus. It's just getting more and more difficult. 30 to 20, 20 to 10, 10 to 10 to 5, 5 to the end of the regular season. Oh, and then guess what? Now the real fun starts at game one, right? So that that to me is the bigger thing. And and that that's the other part too. So we talk so much about how disappointed the Jets were to miss out on the playoffs. I mean, they haven't had a real playoff. Yes, they won a round in 2020. Yes, I get that. They have not had a lengthy run since 2018. So there is going to be an element of hunger. And the core group, Huss, let's face it, the core group of this team was there in 2018. So they had the highs of the highest of the highs outside of making the Stanley Cup final. But they also had the lowest of the lows in terms of getting knocked out early a couple of times. And also in the second round, where they felt they had the kind of team that should have at least made the conference final again. So I think this group knows exactly where they're at. They know the, you know, the cadence of the regular season. They know when they're going to need to crank up their game. And I would expect that, uh, you know, going into the break and coming out of the break, uh, that they will have that uh, requisite level of urgency that will be required of them. And that's another thing Rick talked about today, us. That's been a constant message. He said, it's incredibly difficult to reach that point of battling for first in the division and the conference. And it's even harder to stay there. Now that's the biggest challenge for the jets in the last 32 games. Getting there was a challenge. Now it's going to be even tougher to sustain and, and build your game down the stretch, which is what every team wants to do because look like we talk about measuring stick games all year long, us. Well, the Tampa Bay lightning found themselves in a measuring stick game and they measured up quite well. They certainly did. That was, uh, I mean, obviously I was at the game, so I didn't get to see a lot of it, but um, you knew it would be, a, I mean, they were up for that one, and so were the Boston Bruins. And right. that, I mean, everything that you just said, I concur with, and that is what makes the Bruins season that much more incredible 
for the way that they have just yeah. continued to roll um, no matter who they're playing for uh, most of the season. Um, I wanted to ask you about the blue line. We saw Logan Stanley return to the lineup a couple of games ago. He got back in again last night. What have you thought about the first couple of games of uh, big stand back in? And um, do we think Dylan Sandberg's gets an opportunity to play in that spot tomorrow? Or are they going to run with the big guy for a little bit? Yeah, it's a good question, Huss. I mean, Dylan Sandberg did stay on late uh, with a number of other players today. So, I mean, I don't know if that's a for sure 100% indicator, but I would say that uh, most signs pointing to Logan Stanley staying in the lineup. Uh, quite liked his first game. Uh, I think he imposed himself physically. Uh, you know, were there a couple of hiccups during the course of the game? Of course there were. The guy hasn't played since December 9th. So, again, you're trying to get your wind back. You're trying to get your reads back. You're trying to get your gaps back. All of those important things. Uh, I would say that, you know, he's a guy that's going to need, you know, we talked about runway for Vili Hainala, for Dylan Sandberg, and now for Logan Stanley. Uh, if the Jets want him to be an important contributor down the stretch run in terms of their penalty kill and bringing a physical element, he's going to need some time to get himself back up to speed. You know, no matter how much work you put in, uh, physically and in the gym and in your rehab, you're not going to get back to game shape without playing games. So uh, for Logan Stanley, he's worked incredibly hard to get back. Uh, I think by his own admission, he knows there's another level that needs to be reached. And I expect him to continue to push to try and do the best he possibly can. I mean, uh, I think the competition still remains open. Uh, but right now, I mean, the Jets have gone out of their way to make room for him in the lineup. So to me, that's an indicator that they want him to be part of things. Uh, like I said, on the penalty kill, on that third pairing, and bringing a physical presence. So now it's about the timing and, and getting himself, uh, you know, back up to speed. Uh, I thought, you know, I would say he he said he felt a little bit more comfortable in game two compared to game one. And now the cadence of games every other day that's going to help him. He'll go home, you know, during the break. I would expect that, uh, you know, unlike some players who would be uh, heading to sunny destinations, Logan's going to have his gear with him. He's going to be on the ice uh, pretty regularly and. He knows what's at stake for him as well. I mean, of course, the team is his first priority, but he he looks around the room and sees there's competition and people gunning for his job. So he will be highly motivated to play at the at the highest level he possibly can. So, do you think? Do you think is this job Stanley's to lose right now? Is is Dylan Sandberg? I mean, if we had to do a depth chart right now, is Sandberg the number seven guy now that Stanley's healthy? I would say it looks like it, Huss. I would say he's not he's not out of the competition by any stretch of the imagination. I, I think that you know Dylan Sandberg has played quite well um, for the most part during this last Me block too. of games. So I don't think he's out of it by any stretch. But again, actions actions are you know are very telling. Yeah. And right now the actions are the Jets went out of their way to bring him back for a divisional game against the Nashville Predators, and all signs point to him playing again against the Philadelphia Flyers. So. To me, right now, he is the sixth guy, and there are people that will remain in that competition. And, you know, it's up to Logan Stanley to try and withstand the competition. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I think it's it's a fair way to say it. I think right now Logan Stanley's number six and Sandberg is number seven, and uh, Kyle Capabianco, I mean, he's number eight by virtue of being here and Billy Hanela being with the Manitoba Moose. But, I mean, you know, for doing a true depth chart, I would say is probably eight because... He was playing ahead of Capabianco. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued. I, I don't know exactly how it's going to turn out, but, and I've said this a few times, Huss, with you and with other people. I mean, to me, Rick Bonus sees characteristics of Logan Stanley's game in what he had coached previously with Jamie Alexiak. So uh, he leaned on him pretty heavily. 
Uh, I think he will lean on Logan Stanley, you know, unless something happens that tells him he needs to look in a different direction. But um, for right now, if you're Dylan Sandberg, um, you're going to have to beat somebody out of a spot, whether that's Logan Stanley or an opportunity comes elsewhere because of injury. Uh, but to me, I mean, that that just only raises the intrigue. Us, we have basically just over a month until the deadline. I mean, we've been thinking for the most part that Hanla would be one of the top targets. Um, you know, I'm not here to say the Jets are shopping Dylan Sandberg because I don't think that's the case. But I think if you're a scout from around the league, you watched Dylan Sandberg's block of games. You know, Vancouver, the Canucks are a great example. Us, they said they're looking for NHL-ready players, not just prospects and picks. I mean. I mean, they're a team that needs to upgrade their blue line. And I would think that Dylan Sandberg might be someone that would have to be included uh, in a deal for a guy like a Bo Horvat. Or I mean, even too, what about Luke Shen? I mean, uh, if the Jets are looking to get a little bit more stiffness on the back end, I mean, Luke Shen would be a guy that makes a lot of sense for them. But maybe, you know, maybe the Canucks are looking for a Dylan Sandberg instead of, uh, you know, a draft pick, for example. So again, I'm not, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put Dylan Sandberg on notice. I'm not trying to say this is what's happening, but we're trying to connect the dots here, Huss. So there are going to be teams calling about Hanela, about Sandberg. I mean, you know, Dave Manuk reported that Yarmo Kekalainen was here to watch the Manitoba Moose. Well, you can be sure he was watching Declan Chisholm, right? I mean, who else would he be watching? I mean, there are other players on the roster, but if for a team that's looking to make upgrades, I mean, Declan Chisholm, who's going to the AHL All-Star game, is also going to be a guy that teams are looking for. And we know, Huss, that the Jets were one of the teams kicking the tires on Vladislav uh, you know, Gavrikov previ- in previous years. I think it was maybe two years ago. So, I mean, uh, we'll do our best to connect the dots and, you know, we'll see how these things uh, you know evolve over the course of the next five weeks. But, uh, I mean, I think the two, this, this recent stretch by the Jets... I mean, we were debating in the in the stands today. I mean, what does it do for Kevin Chevaldeoff? I mean, I think that it only in this stretch of games, and I wouldn't put a ton of stock in a six-game block, but if you're Kevin Chevaldeoff and you thought you needed to upgrade the roster, I think this stretch of games tells you, again, you do need to make those upgrades that you are considering. You know it's going to be a hefty price tag, but with the West being as wide open as it is, the Jets need to upgrade their roster, even though it is, you know, it's one of the best rosters they've iced since 2018. Oh, the opportunity but I think is it there. still we needs improvement, talking, though. Yeah. It still needs improvement. We just talked with Noodles. I mean, the fact that it is as wide open as the West is right now and what the Jets have done up until this point that almost enhances the need and I think the yeah. will by the team to really put their best foot forward. Hey, real quick, um, big save Dave on the uh, on the bench for the next couple, and uh, we'll see him in February. Or do you think Hellebuck goes uh, tomorrow and Monday? Well, I mean, just the fact that Connor Hellebuck had a day off today planned would lead me to believe that it is Hellebuck Saturday. Uh, Rick Bonus said he would be on the ice tomorrow. So, I mean, you leave the door open maybe for... I, I, sorry, that's a long-winded way of saying I expect Hellebuck in the next two Hus, and I expect Riddick in the first game coming out of the break because Hellebuck will be at the All-Star game. And yes, I understand the bye week comes uh, after that point. But uh, I'm expecting Hellebuck to go in both. And then I would expect Riddick. Uh, maybe Big in the save, first Dave gets the 9 coming. p.m. Saturday night game against the Blackhawks on the 11th. I, I just think that you know we've seen it before. Like last time, Hellebuck went to the All Star game. Uh, Hutchinson started right the game after, so I would see a similar pattern. It just allows your number one guy to get a little bit more settled. Uh, and then we know too, coming out of the break, 
Jets have that road trip coming up as well, where they do have a back-to-back early. So it's twofold. You get the rust off Riddick early, knowing you're going to lean on him a week later, and you also give Hellebuck a little bit of an extended break after he goes to Florida to participate in the festivities. Kenny, great stuff, man. Have an awesome weekend. Enjoy the game tomorrow and, of course, the football on the weekend. And uh, next week when the team is off, we can sort of have a uh, segment devoted to the trade deadline and get more of your thoughts on uh, who the Jets might be sniffing around and who might look good in a Jet uniform. Have a great weekend. Thanks for doing this. Yeah, have a blast at Arrowhead. Send my best to Raj and company and uh, enjoy the games and enjoy uh, breaking it down uh, with Hacksaw here. Have a great weekend, my man. Thank you. You bet, Weaver. Thanks so much. There's Ken Weave. Follow him on Twitter at Weaves World and make sure you're watching Kenny and Ready on YouTube after Jet Games. That's right. Hacksaw's lined up. And then Marbles, pay attention. 245 will open up the uh, entries for today's marble race on Winnipeg Sports Talk. i got to give a big shout-out to our friends at Princess Auto for their great support, not only of Winnipeg Sports Talk, but the Bombers, the Gold Eyes, as well as some of our top Manitoban curling teams, as well as Jen, including Jen Jones, who I'm just looking at uh, Bridget and Phyllis giving us updates in the chat, and a bit of a nail-biter right now at the Scotties right now, tied at six. Of course, Princess Auto also... The place where you'll find the best deals on the most unique assortment of tools and equipment around. Everything you need to complete the projects on your list or start something new is at Princess Auto. Check them out at one of two Winnipeg locations, Panet Road or Portage Avenue West. And you can always shop online 24-7, 365 over at princessauto.com. Our friends at Culligan Water have been the go-to service for all things water for over 65 years here in Winnipeg. As a family-owned business with everything that you need for your family business when it comes to water. Softeners, filters, bottled water coolers, whole home systems, drinking water systems, not to mention citywide water delivery services and commercial and industrial water products and solutions. Pop by and see them at 1200 Sergeant Avenue. Give them a call at 204-694-5180. And you can find out everything that they've got going on at drinkculligan.com as well online and hey the weekend is here if you uh plan to tilt one or two and you're maybe making a cocktail if you're a whiskey drinker you know the best is uh, canada's favorite canadian whiskey canadian club right now still a couple days left in january great discount on cc 12 year reserve right now at your local manitoba liquor marts and keep your eye out for the new rifle rye also from the Beam Suntory family, on for a great introductory sale price at your local Manitoba Liquor Marts, Canadian Club, the official spirit of your Winnipeg Blue Bombers. And we'll look forward to getting those CC and Gingers going again in the summer at IG Field this summer. All right. We've talked a lot of hockey, but the main event this weekend is two huge football games to determine who will be playing at the Super Bowl in Glendale, Arizona. And who better to set up a huge weekend in the league than uh, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton himself. Hacksaw, what is up? How are you, my friend? Hustler, good afternoon. Uh, Before we start this whole thing, what are you wearing? Who are you representing? Well, this is my cool bed hoodie today. This is my cool bed hoodie. But I can tell you, my friend, that my Chiefs koozie is ready to be filled up And uh, I will be utilizing it in the parking lot of Arrowhead Stadium for a couple hours before I get in there and watch what should be an amazing matchup between 
two teams I don't think much like uh, much like each other. As far as this matchup, before we break the games down and get your thoughts on them, Lee, what a couple of awesome matchups. I mean, both games essentially close to pickums. I know Philly's been a two-and-a-half-point favorite. We've seen the line go back and forth from the Chiefs to the Bengals back to the Chiefs. Um, I'm almost a dream scenario for the National Football League to have truly their best teams playing at the most important time of the year. Well, I'll preface what I'm going to say. You're going to be wearing Chiefs gear, I'm sure, at Arrowhead. You can represent any way you want. I don't mean to pile on. It is 78 degrees here. I'm <laughs> representing Southern California today for you. But that being said. Looking good. Uh, yeah, These two teams are carbon, carbon copies of each other, Cincinnati and Kansas City. I'm calling this game Star Wars. The other game, I'm calling it Trench Warfare. I think that Philadelphia, San Francisco are carbon copies of each other. I just think this is going to be a tremendous weekend of NFL football. Now, that being said, hey, dude, bring warm clothing. Temperature at kickoff in Kansas City is going to be 12 with wind. No snow, but 12 with wind is cold, and wind is the enemy of the quarterbacks. And when was the last time in humanity, in late January, it was 49 degrees in Philadelphia? That's going to be the game time temperature <laughs> for the Eagles versus the 49ers. But what a matchup. Uh, you got Joe Burrow, Joe Cool, Red Hot, three wide receivers. You got, uh, obviously, Philadelphia, Jalen Hurts, his two wide outs, his two tight ends, the three running backs who last week ran for 268 yards. That's on the offensive side of the ball. And I'm going to be intrigued to see what transpires at the line of scrimmage. First of all, does Kansas City cope with everything that Cincinnati can do offensively? How are they going to defend Jamar Chase, Ty Higgins, Aj Boyd, Hayden Hurst? I mean, Joe Burrow's got a lot of weapons to go to. How does Kansas City defend the back end there? I think the other piece of the equation you know, just has to, has to do with uh, this, this whole Cincinnati offensive line. What does Kansas City do? Do they come out of character? Because Steve Spagnuolo does not blitz. Do they blitz Joe Burrow to try to knock him out of rhythm? Because the Bengals are playing three backups in the offensive line. And despite how well those three backups played last week when they pummeled that opponent in that AFC game, I got to believe that this is going to be an enormous challenge. So I, I'll be in, intrigued to see who does what defensively against the other guy's offensive line. But this is going to be a spectacular football game. Is Mahomes a pocket passer? Will they be able to move the pocket? Does it change things from a dynamic standpoint if he has to stay in the tackle, the tackle box? Uh, does Cincinnati say, we're going to double Travis Kelsey? Good luck, your wide receivers. You're going to have to beat us by yourselves because we're taking Kelsey out of the game. I mean, the chess moves, I think, are just going to be fun to watch in 12-degree windy weather. Yeah, no, and, and, you know, this is not set up for the quarterbacks. And I, I'll be honest, Lee, I think that we're going to see a very different game between these teams that we've seen in their previous matchups. I mean, you mentioned what the weather is. There's obviously the concern about the mobility of Patrick Mahomes. But there's also the fact that, I mean, these games, especially when you get to playoffs, and when you were talking about trench warfare, I think that the battle on the offensive and defensive line will define this game as well. And Dan Orlovsky was on ESPN earlier, and I thought a very interesting, I mean, he's got a great offensive mind. He knows the different you know ways, and you know he's a big, big fan of Andy Reid's. He thought that, they, that the Chiefs might be going in three and maybe even 
four tight end sets at times and really trying to establish moving the football and maintaining possession on the ground. And that could be in a big game for certainly Isaiah Pacheco as well as Jarek McKinnon. Like this Chiefs offense is very different post Tyreek Hill. I mean, their time of possession, they don't have as many of those 40, 50-yard plays that we always saw in the highlights last year. And part of it was shorter passing, but also trying to establish that running game. And I mean, I really think that with the conditions that they have and the fact that they do believe in that offensive line that Brett Veach has built, that could be, and listen, if they start doing that, then that opens up way more things for Patrick Mahomes to do, um, which obviously he's capable of doing on the other side. And you're right. As oh, far I, as, go ahead. I, I, I'm just not sure that Dan's approach is you're telling me that they're going to load it three tight ends. They're going to run the ball, run the ball. I don't think so. You don't take Mahomes out of what Mahomes does. Yes, if you can run the ball some, you do it. But you know what? There is no Tyreek Hill there. But at the end of the day, they're still completing passes and their drives with a tempo offense. They move and move and move. They might not take it in chunks of 43 yards, but they're taking it with Travis Kelsey and the other guys in chunks of 12 and 15. And next thing you know, your defense is on the field for 12 plays in a row and they can't get off. Because Mahomes keeps completing passes. Uh, it will be interesting to see what Cincinnati does to attack Mahomes. will be interesting to see what Kansas City does to protect the quarterback if they have to keep him the tackle for tackle box. At the end of the day, Kansas City still got an awful lot of firepower. An interesting statistic. Pat Mahomes is 79-13 and 13 as a starter in the NFL. Think about that. But he's 0-3. 0-3 against Cincinnati. And Joe Burrow, Joe Cool. Five and one in postseason play. I mean, he does carry Cincinnati. So this is going to be a great, great AFC football game. And that's to take nothing away from what's about to happen in Philadelphia in the NFC. Yeah, listen, I mean, the main event, I kind of agree, is the AFC game. But the matchup we've got between the Niners and the Philadelphia Eagles is pretty delicious, too. I've been on San Francisco, Lee. I've got a I bet them to win the NFC at the beginning of the season. We saw the way that they responded to getting torched by Mahomes at home. They have not lost since, and this Brock Purdy story is incredible. I didn't think I'd be on this side, but ah, I think I'm finally giving the Philadelphia Eagles the credit that they deserved. I have hand up. I've been skeptical that they have been this powerhouse that they've seemed to be. They had a lighter schedule. They didn't play at many of those top teams. But my God, with Jalen Hurts healthy and what they did to the New York Giants last week, this is a tall, tall task for a rookie quarterback to go into the link and beat a team that um, basically beat everyone in their path this year. French warfare, no place for the timid. Defense is coming to get your quarterback. What are you going to do about it? I think that's the, that's the big piece of this equation. Uh, Jalen Hurts has got a lot of firepower. I'll tell you, nobody's talked. You talked about Brett Veach, the Kansas City general manager. Nobody's talking about what Harry Roseman has done uh, to add five guys to that defense through trades, free agency, et cetera. I mean, that is a rugged defense, Andrew. 75 quarterback sacks, 35 takeaways. They just come after your quarterback, and, and they are just relentless. And in terms of the offense, Jalen Hurts, he might not be 100%, but he's still dangerous. He might not want to run the ball as much as he used to run it before he got dinged with the shoulder, but he's got two tight ends. He's got those two big yards after catch wide receivers, three running backs who last week stampeded for 268 yards on the ground. 
and he's got Lane Johnson back as their starting right guard, and he is totally healthy. So Philadelphia has got every ingredient. Now, the flip side of that, though, is where San Francisco is, 12 straight wins. That quarterback, Mr. Irrelevant, is 7-0. and Now, I will tell you, though, statistically, Brock Purdy had his worst statistic game last week against a pretty good Dallas defense. Didn't turn it over, but just completed a shade over 50% of his plays, didn't have a ton of plays down the field. The thing that complicates San Francisco right now is Christian McCaffrey has a bruised calf. He did a walkthrough today, but he's hardly practiced at all. How long does he hold up? And the other running back, the more heavy-duty running back, Elijah Mitchell, hasn't practiced at all with a groin injury. And they really need his tough guy yardage to complement what Christian McCaffrey does. But they do have Debo. They do have the free spirit, George Kittle, who seems to be running free down the seams, the tight end all the time. They have Ayuk on the other side. So I, I think the question to me is Philadelphia's front, what kind of havoc does it cause for the young quarterback Brock Purdy? Because he, he got a first real taste of ugly postseason football, defensive-driven postseason football last week, and his, his stats were a bit skitterish. So I think there's going to be sacks. I think there's probably going to be turnovers. I don't think this is going to be a sexy game. I, like I said, trench warfare. I, it's just fabulous because these two teams are carbon copies in the NFC, just like the two guys in the AFC are carbon copies. Lee, two questions for you on this game. Number one, from a defensive perspective, we've seen how Jalen Hurts has absolutely torched teams with his legs, and that's led to him having free game basically on secondaries in the passing game. What do the Niners do on that? And from a Niner perspective, how unique do you, would you think the, the scheming will be to get the ball into a guy like Debo Samuel's hands without putting it in danger of a turnover from a rookie quarterback? Well, in terms of, of Jalen Hurts, he's going to have to deal with the relentless pressure. And in terms of their offense, they got linebackers in San Francisco that just fly. Fred Warner's most underrated guy in the NFL, and he's just a phenomenal linebacker getting to the hole to make tackles, getting the ball out on the edge to make tackles. And their defense, when Jimmy Ward knows guys hit you, you stay hit. They are sure tacklers. I think from a technique standpoint, San Francisco is just a really, really good football team. And in terms of where Brock Purdy is and Debo Samuel and Christian McCaffrey out catching balls on the edge and then what they do with Kittle running crosses and down the seams, I, I think the big issue is the protection package because Philadelphia's front is violent and Philadelphia's front just caves things in. San Francisco's offensive front, they've started virtually every game together. They had no injuries. They might be the only offensive line in the league that has not had guys go down with something significant from a health standpoint. So Daniel Brunskill, that center who I happen to know, is a San Diego State kid. Those guys are going to have to form a protective wall around that kid quarterback to keep the Fletcher Coxes of the world and Hassan Riddick in the blitz package off him. If they can hold up in that pocket, then I think you're going to see that quarterback make some plays. But that being said, they didn't hold up consistently against Dallas, even though they won the game because Dak Prescott threw a couple of critical interceptions. Oh, the, the chess match here and the stuff we're going to see that probably nobody's seen before is going to be absolutely intriguing. Well, and, uh, you know, I mean, uh, like I've got a lot of respect for Kyle Shanahan and his offensive mind, but Nick Sirianni, as much as 
He's a guy that's easy maybe to dislike. If you're not a Philly guy, he's done a hell of a job with that football team as well. Lee Hacksaw Hamilton's with us talking conference championship weekend in the National Football League. Much more happening, though, for the other 28 teams that aren't participating this week, Lee. The Carolina Panthers have a new head coach, Frank Reich. Um, surprised at that? I really thought that Wilkes was going to get an opportunity after the way he coached them up to the verge of the playoffs in the second half of the season. Yeah, I tell you what, there's an awful lot of controversy around the league in the last 48 hours. Let's start at the top with the marquee name in neon lights, not Sean Payton. Payton canceled out of his Denver interview. I would have thought that Sean Payton would have been the guy in Denver, but I think there's a whole layer of storylines here. I don't think that Denver wanted to give him full player personnel power. I don't think Denver wanted to pay him $15 million per year and then pay the price to bring his entire staff with him. I don't think Denver wanted to give up two number one picks to New Orleans as compensation. So that's why the second interview Peyton was supposed to have last week, which I thought was going to seal the deal last Tuesday, that was canceled. Peyton's interviewed in Arizona, but Arizona's got a new general manager. I'm not sure Arizona wants to cede power to give it all to Sean Peyton, nor do they want to give up the picks. Uh, I don't think Peyton wants to go to Houston. I think that's, that's a misfit situation. I wouldn't go to Indianapolis, even though I love Market Square Arena. I don't want to work for Jim Irsay. I think the game plan, I think the storyline going forward, if, if this thing falls apart, is Peyton steps back, goes and talks to you on Fox TV again next season. And next year, if Dallas comes open or if the Chargers come open, Sean Peyton will go one of those two places. At this point, I don't think he's going to be hired. The Carolina thing, uh, a lot of things in play. The, the Wilkes decision not to bring him back has stung a lot of people and there's a huge uproar racial discrimination all over again the brian flores lawsuit that wilkes has put his name as part of but the owner has a right to hire who he wants to hire after he interviews the collage of people that he interviews my gut feel is they felt they had to have a guy with an offensive reputation that's frank reich who i think got treated really badly in indy with an impulsive owner in jim Irsay. They need an offensive guy who's going to go in and is going to evaluate all the hot quarterbacks on the board. I think they get a shot probably at C.J. Stroud of Ohio State with their number one draft pick in Carolina or the guy that can evaluate the guys that are going to be on the trade block, Derek Carr, more than anybody else. I think they needed a head coach with offensive background with a proven calling card that says, my name is, this is what I did in Indy. Come play for me. So I think that's the rationale as to why that's happened. Now, we've, we've obviously still got other guys. The hottest name is D'Amico Ryans, the 49er coordinator. I'm led to believe he's going to interview Monday in Denver. He has already interviewed in Arizona. I think he's the next one. One of the big veteran names just pulled his name off the board, Dan Quinn. I would have bet you all your Canadian club dollars that Dan Quinn would have been hired by now once the Dallas season was over. He's elected to stay in Dallas with the Cowboys. He's one of the few assistants surviving after Mike McCarthy fired six guys yesterday. So those are the hot names there. And, you know, there's a Denver defensive coordinator that's still out there. Eric Bayenemy is still out there. Uh, we'll see where these other, other dominoes fall. And the crazy part of the whole story is in Indy where they're bringing Jeff Saturday back for a second interview because Ursay likes him despite – a one and seven record. So the Peyton domino may not fall. And then as soon as we get through this weekend, wild uh, games and the championship weekend, I think you're going to see some hires pretty quickly Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, of the bye week. Hey Lee, just on Sean Payton for a minute. If he does sit out another year, 
Um, do the Saints need to be compensated, or is that only right now? No, it's it's for the 2024 season. His contract ran through 2024, so he owed them two years, and they agreed that it would be two number ones. Now, I was told of the guy I network with that initially Denver said, we'll give you a future number one, and we'll give you multiples of number threes. We're not going to give you one and a one. And New Orleans kind of agreed to that. So I don't know that the one on the one is is set in cement. That could be jury rigged, but there will be draft pick compensation. Sean Payton's deal was for 23 and the final year of the original deal at 2024. Hey, mar- marbles are open, everybody. Uh, you can uh, hit that red subscribe button and uh, put exclamation mark marbles in. We'll get to that in just a couple minutes. Hacksaw on the way out. Interesting speculation about some top quarterbacks next year. If you had to put a nickel on where Tom Brady takes his first snap, Aaron Rodgers, and Lamar Jackson, where are the teams where those guys? And maybe start with Lamar. Is he back in Baltimore or does he leave? I think he has to be back in Baltimore, but I don't think Baltimore is going to give him lock stock full guaranteed like Deshaun Watson got in Cleveland. That's the sticking point. They offered him at least a five-year deal, maybe as much as $200 million total, but they were not going to guarantee all five years. Just because Cleveland did something crazy with Deshaun Watson, Baltimore says that's not us. But at the end of the day, you give him two years guaranteed with options. I think they they get that done and he stays there. At the end of the day, though, there's an injury factor here that's starting to pile up on Lamar Jackson that might scare some other teams away. So I think he stays there. I might be in the minority standing on the street corner yelling by myself again. Uh, I don't think Aaron Rodgers is leaving Green Bay. That There's all kinds of salary cap uh, uh, configurations there that include dead money in Green Bay, and are you going to take on forty million uh, to bring this quarterback in at what price? I, I don't buy the New York Jets there. Uh, Tom Brady, it sure looks like uh, it, it's the end of the road in Tampa. Uh, in fact, one of the Tampa assistant coaches just said today that Tom Brady was under so much stress all last year that he wound up losing fifteen pounds. He could not sleep at night. Bad team around him. No running game. Uh, problems with the coaching staff, the divorce, the whole cryptocurrency crisis. I don't know if that story has come north of the border. He owned 1.1 million shares in cryptocurrency and lost $45 million. Think about that. So he had all the stress on him. Uh, He did as much as he could by himself in Tampa. Maybe landing spot might be the Raiders, although the Raiders don't have a lot of cap space. I don't know what the dollar value would be if he wants to relinquish Josh McDaniels. And then the, and the wild card name out there is Derek Carr. Uh, I think what's going to happen is the Raiders are going to ask Derek Carr to move uh, the contract extension date back so the $40 million doesn't kick in right after the Super Bowl. Move it back so they can trade him. He's got a full no trade. I think he might wind up in Washington with Ron Rivera, but maybe he has to take a pay cut. He's not a $40 million a year quarterback with a record of 63 and 80. Uh, but I think he's he's going to get action. Maybe the Jets, maybe New Orleans, but maybe the Washington Commanders more than anything else. So, you know, once we get through Super Bowl weekend, the new topic on the table will be quarterbacks going certain places. Hacksaw, great stuff. I was kicking around your YouTube channel last night, checking out a couple of the uh, latest drops on it. Keep up the great work. And obviously, tons of NFL news as we head into uh, the weekend at uh, LeeHacksawHamilton.com. When I grow up, can I be like you and be successful on YouTube, like your YouTube channel? But uh, if you're in Winnipeg, you like sports, please check my YouTube channel, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Check my website, 
It's all written. And I'm not piling on, but it is 78 degrees here in San Diego today. You can take your Bermuda shirt. I'll be uh, I'll be wearing a, a parka, and you can look for me at Arrowhead on Sunday. I'll be the one wearing red. Thanks, Lee. I am, I'm picking Kansas City and, and Philadelphia in the Super Bowl. Catch you next Friday. Have a great week out there. Thanks. Love it. There it is. The man himself, Lee Hacksaw Hamilton. Make sure to check out the website and subscribe to Hacksaw's new YouTube channel as well with some great content. Uh, all right. Marbles are open. Exclamation mark marbles. We'll get to that in just a second. Uh, put it in the chat. Most people know. But yeah, if you are new and wondering what the heck we're talking about, stick around. It's a lot of fun. You can win. Make sure you're subscribed to the channel. Just print that red button. Hit the thumbs up, by the way. It would be nice if we could get a few more of those. And then in the chat, put exclamation mark marbles, and uh, we'll wrap that up in just a second. Hey, the weekend is here. Many of you will be preparing for a Sunday of uh, kicking back and watching two amazing matchups to see who's playing in the Super Bowl. Uh, if you're looking to add beer to the menu, make it Winnipeg's finest local beer, Little Brown Jug. You can pop by Little Brown Jug on William Avenue and check out all your favorites, including the new Good Times Variety Pack with three with four new beers. Or you can find Little Brown Jug around the city wherever they sell good beer. And don't forget, you can go online, littlebrownjug.ca, and order online for citywide delivery. And a big shout-out to our friends Nick and Nikki and the Nick and Nikki DQ group for their support of Winnipeg Sports Talk. Talking Niverville Nighthawks yesterday in the Manitoba Junior Hockey League. Of course, before and after anything in Niverville, you can pop by the Nick and Nikki DQ right there. And then three others in Winnipeg, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park, DQ St. Anne's. Try the two cheese bacon double stack burger, my personal favorite. All those great blizzard treats. And you can also hit them up on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. If you want to get a custom order for an ice cream or blizzard cake for an event coming up, thanks again to Nick and Nikki for their great support of WST. All right, we got to get to the cool bet lines before we do marbles. Let's get Remus back in here. And uh, Rima, we are here. Do we have a? Have you made an official pick for your uh, for the weekend's games yet? Are you riding with Hacksaw? Or are you uh, riding with uh, those that? bastardize the name of the great stadium of the Chiefs and call it Burrowhead. Well, yeah, but I see how they're calling it Burrowhead now because, you know, Joe Burrow, he's, has, he's had so much success in Arrowhead, including at the playoffs last year in this very AFC championship game. Um, that was last year, much like the Jets have turned over a new leaf and are a different team this year. I'm hoping we get a very different result from uh, what happened. Are, are you riding with Cincy? No, I have to work with you every day, Huss. We have to communicate, <laughs> so I'm gonna go with KC because um, I don't want to. I I'd feel bad if you had to drive home. It'd be like Ryder fans uh, driving home from the Banjo Bowl every year. Uh, someone in Chad mentioned that, so I don't want you to have the drive of shame. I want you to be in a good mood next week when you come back. So I will. I'm on Team Huss. Right on. What KC. about the NFC game? Uh, I'm on the Eagles. Although I did, I saw a tweet from Feinberg saying everyone seems to be on the Eagles, and I was like, "Oh no, that maybe that is a bad sign." But everyone no, still- is on the Eagles, and I still have that 49ers future. I even picked the Eagles. I mean, I think that they're probably set up to win this game, mm-hmm. but I will be cheering for San Francisco, and so will my uh, so will my open bets at CoolBet.com. Let's check the lines one more time as we head into Championship Weekend. No movement whatsoever in the NFC game. It's still two and a half. Niners, even money at plus two and a half 
Eagles minus 116 at minus two and a half. Total on that game, 46.5. The money line for San Francisco to win is plus 127. Money line for the Eagles is minus 149. And after a wild roller coaster of line movement in the AFC game, we're pretty much down to right where we started. Minus one and a half for the Chiefs, a very slight home favorite over the visiting Bengals. This opened up at this number. At one point in the week, the Chiefs were two and a half point underdogs and the money line was plus 113. Well, things are, as I said, back to where they started. Minus one and a half for the Chiefs, plus one and a half for the Bengals. And the money line, Cincinnati plus 110 and the Kansas City Chiefs minus 130. Total for that game has gone up slightly to 48. Now, if you head over to the exclusives, normally we do a lock shot partner parlay, but with only two games, Dusty and I both cranked out a couple of exclusives. Uh, obviously, I'm riding with the Chiefs, but as I said earlier, I really think that the running game is going to be a much bigger part of this game than maybe a lot of people think. So my exclusive is the Chiefs to win, the game to go under 48 and a half, Jarek McKinnon to have 25 plus rush yards, and Isaiah Pacheco to have 35 plus rush yards. Now, if you just put that in on the bet builder, it's plus 425. But Uncle Patty and the fellows over at Coolbet have juiced it up to plus 485. So that's the Hustler exclusive. And then uh, Dusty's got one for Devonta Smith. The Mr. Smith exclusive, Eagles to win and Devonta Smith to score a touchdown and have 60-plus receiving yards. That one's cranked up to plus 465. There'll be a number of other options for the games from Pat, Jake, and the rest of the gang at Coolbet. So... You can get on over there and check out those. Uh, don't forget, if you missed yesterday, the Royal Rumble is on Saturday, and that is the one time all year where we can actually talk about the odds for the big event that you can legitimately bet on. Uh, and no real changes from yesterday. Cody Rhodes is the favorite for the Men's Royal Rumble at minus 141. The Rock, 2-1. to one. My guy, my pick, Sammy Uso, Sammy Zayn. Plus 225, Seth Rollins at 5-1, to one, and uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin 10-1. to one. If you think that he's going to come back in main event WrestleMania, I doubt it. 20-1 to one for the likes of KO, Kevin Owens, Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns, and Solo Sokoa. And as far as the women's Royal Rumble, Rhea Ripley still the favorite at minus 164. Becky Lynch at 3-1, to one, Charlotte Flair 7-1, to one, Bailey 10-1, to one, and newcomer Raquel Rodriguez 10-1. to one. Maybe an interesting little bit of value on her as she's uh, looking for a big boost after being the NXT champion. There's your Royal Rumble breakdown. Yes, you can bet on it. It's at Cool Bet right now. In the uh, in the far left margin, get a couple sprinkles in before you watch the big event on Saturday night. And if you haven't played a Cool Bet before, use the promo code WST when you're making your first deposit for a 100% bonus up to 200 bucks on your first deposit. All right. Remo, let's close up the marbles and uh, let's get this race going. And then uh, I'm going to get on down to Kansas City. Yeah, I know you want to get out of here, so I won't waste anyone's time with my jersey review of the Stadium Series jerseys that got <laughs> revealed. Did you even know there was a Stadium Series game coming up? Did you do you know who's involved? I in knew it? that the Carolina Hurricanes are yeah. playing in a game, and I know that they have jerseys that look just like the uh, NC State blackout jerseys. Yeah, I thought their jerseys. I don't like them. So. Who are they playing? Who's the opponent? Uh, 
Washington Capital. Oh, here, Caps. Here's the Caps jury. and Canes outdoors. I think it's actually a good matchup. And Carolina is really good. So hopefully people show up. Uh, here, I'll do the quick jersey. I'm going to close the marbles in a sec. But here's the. Check out these Caps jerseys. I kind of like. Whoa. Yeah, these are kind of interesting. I don't like the black. I don't think you're going to be able to see the logo or the numbers. So. But these Caps jerseys. Those are, Caps jerseys are, are pretty cool. wild. Yeah, this, I, uh, this is the first time I've seen them. Um, a very different look than uh, traditional jerseys. I'll be honest. I don't mind for a one-off kind of going off the uh, off away from the norm. No. I'm actually going to endorse those for a one game or for a one gamer. I like these. I like these both better than the the um, the New Year's Day ones. Whatever Winter Classic with uh, Pittsburgh and and Boston. I don't know if these guys are going to be wearing like football jerseys to the game because what the Boston Bruins wore. <laughs> Red Sox jerseys to play a hockey game, uh, but uh, we'll have to see. So there, there was is, that. Is and, the game is the game at um, the Panthers Stadium or? Um, oh no, I think it's probably at the I, NC State yeah. Stadium in Raleigh. Let me just double check. Yeah, uh, let me see. They just really, I don't even know. It's at uh, yes, rally. It's at the rally. Rally. So All right, sounds good. Um, NC State's Carter Finley Stadium. That's February All right, sounds 18th. Good. All, All right. Up. Hey, we got over 300 in here. Um, folks, how about let's uh, get a few more thumbs up here. Let's get that to 200 when we uh, fire up the marbles. Okay. Remo's just shutting her down. And then we are going to go. Oh, shout out to Real Deal Neil. Go Chiefs, go. Have fun in Kansas. Certainly will, my friend. Um, and uh, Spencer Sutton, I love and hate both jerseys. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I hear that. I'm sort of, uh, I, I'm sort of, as I said, my first inclination was a little shock at the caps one, but you look at it and, uh, I don't know. It's different. It's kind of neat. It stands out. I don't find it completely ugly. So maybe that is a win. Um, <laughs> and Kabilis should know the inside scoop on his brother, the rock being at the Royal rumble. Yes. Uh, as I said, great, great, uh, Royal rumble picks in the chat today as well. As they say, the honorary Us, Sammy Uso. That's uh, that's who I'm riding with for the big event on uh, on Saturday night. Hey, by the way, gang, Moose are playing tonight. Back in action, Jets tomorrow, and then Sunday afternoon, 2 p.m. is uh, the next Moose game, and that, of course, is 60th birthday of Dancing Gabe. Uh, I would normally be there, certainly make an appearance for it, but on behalf of myself. And Michael, a huge happy birthday to the GOAT of GOATs of Winnipeg fans, the guy that has been an absolute institution in our city, not just at the Jet Games, not just at the Bombers, but the Moose, the Gold Eyes, the Westman, the Bisons, the Ice. Um, Gabe is, um, he's just the best. Happy to consider him a friend, and I think we're all lucky to have uh, crossed paths with Gabe over the years. A big happy birthday to you, my man. And here is to many more and many more great moves at all of the uh, all of the sporting venues. Oh, I forgot Valor. Hung out with Gabe at a soccer game last year as well. He, uh, nobody gets around this city like Gabe Langlois. Happy birthday, my man, from your friends over at Winnipeg Sports Talk. All right, Remo, what's the story? Where are we going today? Bo's in the entries. And yeah, and we did record a video uh, birthday for... Wait, am I allowed to spoil that? I was going to say someone take a picture of you on 
<laughs> you know what? If you are at the game, you might see a little birthday uh, greeting for uh, for our pal Gabe from yours truly. Certainly wanted to support that, and obviously I won't be in town, but uh, was happy to uh, to do that. And it should be a really really fun day. But uh, if you're seeing Gabe, whether it's tomorrow, whether it's Sunday, whether it's next week, make sure you say happy birthday to him, the uh, the guy that you know, win or lose, no matter how the team is playing. Always has a smile on his face, always having a great time at the games. And, uh, man, we're lucky. We're very, very lucky to have him in his, his, his distinguished career. As I say, players come and go, coaches come and go, dancing games always there. And uh, what a great guy he is. All right, Remo, let's get let's get uh, some marbles <laughs> action going here on a Friday afternoon. You're, what, you're uh, what, what theme are we going to go with? Don't tell us. Just pull the trigger. Okay. Uh, first, I got to say how many marbles we've got here. We've got 201. So shout out to everyone. Hopefully everyone. 201. Gets- and you got one in for Gabe, right? Oh, well, I can put in the extra ones. Yeah, I'll put one in for Gabe. Put one in for Gabe. Let's put one in for Jeff Mawat. Yeah. There you go. And I'll pick the uh, the theme music here. Just Excellent. Whatever I want. If anyone has, we have any styling now. So. Yeah, whatever. you know what? I think just on a weekly basis, we're going to get a different a different selection from uh, from you. So, uh Courtesy of another incredible individual, our guy Tristan Rivers Music. Uh, Here's our Marbles theme for a Friday afternoon before we finish off the show by dropping them. It's Friday. I love that one. That one, I think, is definitely top three for me. ACDC version of the WST Marbles theme. Um, all right. We got 200 plus. By the way, thanks to everyone for hitting that thumbs up. Greatly appreciated. And uh, thanks to everyone that's here. The real ones are here. I know sometimes people take a day off after a stinker like last night <laughs> at Canada Life Center uh, to come onto the program. But uh, the Marbles always brings them out. Remo. Um, all right, so uh, we've got everyone entered in today. What uh, what are we what are we thinking? I don't. We got space chase. Do you want to do a quick one, Hus? Because you want to get out of here. Nah, what's the difference? It's just like a extra <laughs> minute or two. I mean, I'm trying to think. I fear of heights. Or what do we got? I'm trying to think. What's Taking... convergence? Have we ever done that one before? I'm not sure. I want to check it out. Yeah, let's check it out. You can make sure it's not too. Yeah. Uh, I will say after the show, if you missed anything earlier this week, I did clip uh, your discussion with Marat yesterday about uh, his wish list for Jets trade deadline and you and Mike talking why Jonathan Taves would be an attractive option. So check out those those videos and uh, leave a comment if you have any thoughts, agree, 
Disagree. Love. I love reading all the comments. I do respond to. I think pretty much all of them. So uh, this is convergence, though. Excellent. Now this is. Uh, we look like we're in some sort of a farmer's field. Do you want to just? Can you take a look at the at, look I, at it? Or I don't think I can. But oh, all right. Wait. Well, we're oh, going oh, I to. I can. I can. Yeah. Oh, is this just like one track? Mm. I don't think this one's very good. I don't think, I think we tried this one before, and I think yeah. it sucked. I think that one sucked. We can't cheat people out of a quality, quality marble race um, on a Friday, especially after what they endured last night if they spent three hours watching that jet game against the Sabres. We need to come up with a, uh, with a better one. We could go to the funnel. The funnel's always... Where's the funnel? Uh, 203 people in the marble. We added Gabe and Jeff, Jeff Malat. Where's the funnel? I don't even know. Might be down towards the bottom. Are these new? What's, we got the, what's, what's the? We've got a couple of new ones here. Oh, really? Well, let's saber? try one. Should we do the saber in honor of well, the beatdown that the sabers I, gave the Jets? <laughs> I think I think it's a sign. It's a sign. I'm gonna okay, do the, the saber. This is a brand one. Ooh, the Morbies. New skins available in the shop. What you can get special? What skins. is this? No, no, I don't like this one. What the heck is this? I don't like this. But we'll this do, third time's a charm. I'm getting out of this. I'm getting out of that. That one could be neat, though. I got out of it. I didn't like it. All right. Okay, no, then I, let's then let's pick one that uh, last call. Last call. That, you know, right. There's the funnel right there, number five. Okay, people are saying we did the funnel recently. I don't remember it. Yeah, it's a good one. We you we did it in the um. We did it in the uh, in the tournament of champions a couple times for qualifying races. It's just a good one. It's fair. Oh, this is a good one. Good, yeah, this is this is a really good one. All right, everyone. This is a classic race. Good luck to everyone. Thanks again for another great week on WST. Enjoy the games on the weekend. But before the weekend officially begins, we drop the marbles on WST. Let's go, Reem. Yeah, All right, in Bones We Trust with a nice start right off the bat. We got Schickster. This is a huge, very important part of the race. Whoever can negotiate this first funnel and get out first. Looks like there's no one jumping ahead. Who's the lowest right now? Jack. Jack Hole. Jack Hole, Daryl Selly. Looks like there's a Larry in there. D. McCallick. Nice start. Brass Bonanza on the left with a very slight lead. Jack Hole on the right, converging back into the same run now. And it is Brass Bonanza with a very slight lead over Daryl Selly right now as we enter the next corkscrew. Ken 07. I believe Ken might be a former winner. TTT Bone. There he is. But it's Brass Bonanza and Daryl Selly. Ken 007 in there. Atomic Kong right in the mix as well. Gary Labossier. Oh, the WST Hollywood Audio Gremlin. We haven't seen the Audio Gremlin in a little while. Oh, and Hasbeek's in the top 10 right now. He's never had a big one before. Brass Bonanza and Daryl Selly, though, still. First place, but this is a long... Oh, Jack Hole! Jack Hole just got thrown over the top rope. And John Pauls just did as well. Whoa! 
Getting a few uh Dino. It's your boy Bruce. Oh no. Sorry, Bruce. It's no way to start a weekend. All right. This, things have been shaken up a bit. Adam Douglas, Michael David Smith, Rob Mahoney, Les Thompson, Robert Paul, but Adam Douglas in first right now with a very slight lead on Michael Smith. They're both going on the right side. Rob Mahoney's taking the left. Rob's got some good speed right now. Adam, though, in first place. We're coming very close. Is it going to be Adam Douglas? Will he hold on or will he get caught right at the end? Adam Douglas in, holds on for the win. Just ahead of former winner Les Thompson. Michael, uh, geez, I can't read the rest of uh, Michael's Michael last Smith. name. Michael Smith. Oh, that's Michael Smith three. Yeah. Rob Mahoney. Nice work, Rob. Pretty good. Velveeta in at fifth. Robert Paul at sixth. Rest of these marbles coming up. We'll get your full listing in a moment. Oh, and Bozeman, I know you're watching this. Yes, we do have the bet for the game on uh, for the game uh, on Sunday, and hopefully, I will not have to recognize you winning it when we come back that week. Uh, Adam Douglas, oh Chucker, taking his sweet time, finishing it up fashionably late. Here's Chucker. Oh, there's still one more, Keith Bartell as well. This would be the fire coming up to burn everyone if uh, he doesn't get down soon, but that should be the final one. And there you go. Adam Douglas, Adam, way to go. Um, fire us an email at Winnipeg sports talk at gmail.com. Go to your info and let us know what size you are. I'm out of a few sizes, uh, but hopefully we'll have a hoodie that fits you. If not, we'll figure something out, but uh, congratulations, huge win, huge momentum heading into the weekend. Um, congratulations to everyone. Remo, just do that quick rundown in case there's any other head-to-head -head bets as often happens. Certainly, we know two guys that are always doing it. Oh, there's Bravo Bry at 13. Nicely done. Jeremy Nickerson, Moose 3. Pretty and Pionk with a pretty nice performance at 26th. There's Bridget, WST Hollywood Audio Gremlin. Looking pretty good. D-Train, MC Stormy. MC, 47th, still a top 50, top 50 performance today. Uh, for Tanny, you're getting better. Top 60 today for Todd. There's Maul in 64th. Phyllis, JMO, Eagle Eyes. Dancing Gabe, what did Gabe do? Gabe came in 82nd. Yeah, 82nd. Not too bad. Wow, Greg Hasbeek had a great start, did not finish too well. Must have gotten held up a bit. There's SK. And the rest of the marbles, the finishers today, as we see. And then there's a few that got uh, the power. Oh, by the way, there's Cowboy with the K. Met Cowboy at the bar the other night. Showed up. I'm like, who's that guy in that great-looking WST hat? And it turned out to be Cowboy. Great to meet you, Cowboy, and thanks again for the support. Um, don't forget, if you haven't checked out, uh, Royal Sports has some. Go to winnipegsportstalk.com slash store. Uh, I've had a couple nice orders of Winnipeg Sports Talk stuff from listeners this week. So thanks to everyone that has supported already. If you do want to pick one up, as they say, Royals got lids as well as the uh, website. Um, all right, that's going to do it. Another great week. Not a great game last night. Hopefully the Jets will come out with a much better performance for those of you that uh, take in the game tomorrow. And then Monday, 
the St. Louis Blues in town for the final game before the break. Remo will be holding it down. I think Libel's going to jump in for a while on Monday. You could blame him if uh, things don't go well on Monday. I did see Matt at the game last night. We had a great chat. So um, I think Remo's going to uh, have some good company with Matt. Obviously, we'll have some great guests. And uh, I should be back in time for Tuesday's show. Uh, we'll tell you all about the weekend in uh, in Arrowhead. Of course, you can follow me on Twitter and on Instagram at Hustleram. I'll be firing some stuff out over the weekend from down in KC. Uh, with that, go Jets tomorrow. Let's make up for last night. And uh, go Chiefs, go. I'm nervous, folks. I'm nervous, but I can't wait. It's going to be great. Awesome experience. Should be an awesome weekend of football and hockey. All right, that's going to do it for us. Shout out to uh, Remo for uh, making it happen behind the scenes. Every one of you that joined us today, tell a friend about Winnipeg Sports Talk if you can. Show them how to subscribe to the YouTube channel or the podcast. And, of course, a big thanks to the sponsors that make WST happen each and every day. That's going to do it for us on the road. We'll see you next week on Winnipeg Sports Talk. Have a great weekend. Oh my god! Shut it down! Let's go! Thanks for tuning in to Winnipeg Sports Talk Daily. Make sure to subscribe on YouTube and your favorite podcast feed at WinnipegSportsTalk.com. 